Trash. Trash. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is percussionist Justin Foyka. I had to listen back to the podcast a couple times to get that last name down. It's not Justin Fudgka or Fuchka. It's uh, Foyka. Foyka. <laughs> okay, that's terrible. I'm sorry, Justin. We're, we're moving on here. Why don't you guys go ahead over to the iTunes uh, portion of this and subscribe, share, rate, uh, metrics, metrics me. <laughs> you guys can write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com. You can go to actually, it's not the barren wasteland uh, uh, website. We're actually redesigning the website right now. And, um, it's so, so if you do go to the website right now, as of whatever day of the, this it's, we're December, 2018, whatever day, I don't know what day it is. Um, I know it's a Wednesday, but that's it. Um, uh, as of right now, the website is pretty bare bones, but we're redoing it. We're going to be adding pictures and videos and all kinds of cool stuff so stay tuned for that also i uh, uh, i come to find out that i have subscribers on my email list <laughs> so uh if you have subscribed to this show i'm sorry that i have not sent out a newsletter that may or may not happen I don't know, but I appreciate the subscribers. There was quite a few subscribers that I didn't even know about. I don't have regular access to my website. My wife does it because it's connected to her websites, rainamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. You can go there and check out what, what's going on because we got a new album coming out. It's it's going to be called 1018. It's awesome. For me, it was a pleasure because we recorded at the Kitchen 2 with Tim Felton of the Surefire Soul Ensemble on Coal Mine Records. All those things you can Google and uh, you just keep following that down the rabbit hole. Coal Mine Records. Just go to Coal Mine Records. They'll set you up right. Uh, <laughs> anyways. For me personally, I love the album because it was recorded on all analog. Uh, we we have a Rhodes on there. We have a Wurlitzer. Uh, we have Tito's Strat Fender Stratocaster going through uh, a twin reverb. Um, we got we got the bass player going. I think he's just playing through a regular bass amp. But we got an old drum set in there. Uh, an old Ludwig, I believe. Jake Nagers of Jake Nager. <laughs> Jake Nager of Jake Nager, who is an amazing drummer, and his brother Zach Nager, who's an amazing drummer for the Grey Boy All Stars and tons of other people. I'm rambling now. I'm just I if I like some a band, if I like a musician and their band, I'm just gonna support them forever. So um yeah, so we got a new album coming out. Stay tuned for that. And um yeah. That, that's about it. I, I just wanted to plug all that before we jump into it. And um, what, there was one more thing. Oh, yeah. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram at We Speak English Good. Um, and We Speak English Good.net, of course. Stay tuned on that. That's getting rebuilt. You can definitely 
Um, it, it's going to be a little easier to navigate and it's going to look better and um, hopefully not seem so neglected. So without further ado, let's jump into it with our good buddy of the new fashion. I just want to say that uh, of the new fashion, Justin Foyka. He, uh, he plays for the new fashion and you might have heard that name before from a previous guest named Jake Paluski, who is a uh, wonderful singer and uh, songwriter. And he is the lead uh, singer of that band, I guess. <laughs> if you ever see the new fashion, like, there's like four members of the band who could be lead leading men or lead singers. So that's what I love about that band is that they are very um, they they all can sing well and I, I I always admire people who can sing because I cannot. Okay, so we've gone on too far. Um, let's let's jump on over to Justin Foinka. Cool. Now we're recording. <laughs> Great. <laughs> no, those handy, those little mics are handy. I used to have one when I had like an iPhone like three plus. Remember those fucking <laughs> yeah. bricks? Yeah. Um, they. Uh, it's so funny how we talk about like technology that was that was like six years ago. Right. <laughs> that wasn't shit. Uh, but it seems so archaic and like oh my god. But at the time. At the time, it was amazing. It was the coolest thing ever. Oh, oh my God. I was so happy when I first got my first iPhone because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, my God, the power of the universe. He's like, I felt like he made right. it. And, and if somebody like, handed you one of those now, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd fucking suck. Throw it at their face. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, fuck you. Why did you do that? I'm, I'm sorry. Do you want me not to cuss for your parents, too? Um, sorry. I don't, dude, I don't, I mean, I don't really <laughs> just, care. They can get over it. People I'm swear. Um, I wasn't kidding. I mean, I would have not cuss i could cut cusses out sure i probably won't cussing you know, just i can stop cu- but i don't well, care I, you know what actually i've been really trying to um uh, i want to try to stop cussing so much yeah and it's not because i have a four-year-old it's only because <laughs> I, I it's because i just every other word is f this sh that look see i'm trying yeah <laughs> and and I know that my vocabulary spans far beyond just those words, but they're so good, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it feels good. Well, you know, they say Ohio's like, the, the people in Ohio swear more than anywhere else. Why do you think that is? I, dude, I don't know. It's, why it's why so, did they say that? It's they. I guess they did some kind of study at some point. I saw I this, and it was like, people in Ohio swear more than anywhere. I don't know if it's, it's like the weather, <laughs> the driving, the frustration with our pro sports teams i mean take your pick <laughs> wait were you sad uh whatever day that happened or are you ohio state fan i i really don't have a horse in that oh, race okay. i i mean i kind of root for urban meyer I, I went to bgsu and okay. he was my freshman year there he was the head coach it was his first year as a head coach oh he's the coach down in the coach at ohio state okay. now his first head coaching job was at bowling green all i heard through all band camp was how terrible the football team was and we came out and we're like nationally ranked by the end of the year so yeah. it was like what a turnaround and he was great he was great to the band um and understood like the culture of <clears throat> college football 
And like, I, I'll never forget the site when at the end of the season, a marching band will have like a, a concert yeah. in their concert hall and like walking onto the stage for the concert and looking up and seeing the whole mezzanine full of orange jerseys. <laughs> like the, he made the whole football team attend. Wow. And he's like, you, you guys are the 12th man, you know? And oh, uh, I like that. it's like, he had a lot of respect right. for what we did. And he brought them over to like a rehearsal right. uh, during band camp and was like, you know, looked at his guys he's like they work just as hard as you do hell yeah and i was like i, I like this guy like, and you know I like, like i don't know if they're out there i don't know if band guys are out there sprinting and fucking doing deadlifts and shit but you know no, but you know you <laughs> they do work and no i'm not taking yeah. away from the band oh yeah we it's, do work hard i was in marching a, band in high school oh where are you where at <laughs> evergreen Ever, Mr. Lyons. Mr. Lyons, yes, <laughs> yes, he was amazing. Yeah, yeah. He played trumpet, right? Uh, yeah, I think he has a trumpet. But you know player. what? He was. Am- He's still there. I see him every so often because of my day job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what is that? If you don't mind, um, I'm the manager for Reddick Music here in Toledo, mm-hmm. and we're a store or company rather that does strictly like school band and orchestra. So if you need trumpets, violins, saxophones. We do, you know, rental programs, any of the uh, repairs on instruments. We visit the schools weekly, um, and it's a company that um, I've been there for almost 10 years, which is, you know, this day and age, you know, the only way most people move up and move on is they move around. Yeah. Um, But I found a home there. Um, You know, I've I've known this company since I started band. Right, yeah. I mean, my owner, my boss was at the meeting, my beginning (laughs) band meeting in fifth grade. Oh, nice. and um, they've grown it into this just tremendous company. It was six stores across the state of Ohio. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that they expanded um, past o- Toledo. Yeah, it started in Defiance, Ohio like 77 years ago now, Jeez. I think. Um, well, the Reddick family now owes me uh, $25 for that plug. R- right. <laughs> <laughs> just, that was stupid. Okay. No, no, no. It's quite all right. Um, so you know Mr. Lyons because he's a customer. He's a customer. He also happened, just so happened to be um, pretty good friends with my high school band director. Um, mm. I'm from Bryan, Ohio. And there were a couple times in high school where he had um, Chris, this is his name, Chris Lyons. Okay. He had him come over and work with our high school band. So oh, okay. I had exposure, you know, I'd met him a couple of times. Yeah. Um, there was a specific piece I remember he came to work with us. It was, uh, it was called I Am. Um, and I don't remember exactly w- what the the piece was about, but it was some something. I don't want to say tragic necessarily, but pieces are often written about things, you know, tragic events that happen or uh, certain things that happen to people. And it was one of those pieces. And uh, you know, I can still picture like walking into band that day. It was in our second band room where our our symphonic band rehearsed, and like looking at the podium, double taking, like who's Who's that guy? Yeah. Um, you know, and that's the first time I met Mr. Lines. He's mm-hmm. he's great. Um, he's still a band director. That's awesome. Um, and an avid golfer, nonetheless. <laughs> he, I'm we, an avid golfer. Uh, that's awesome too. We, we, we always talk about that. He actually has a brother who's a a fellow musician here in town too. Oh, okay. Um, that the band the Twenty uh, Fives uh-huh. that plays around. Um, they his, working band or like yeah yeah bridges? they're around. It's a uh, I know the drum. I, the only two guys I know, his brother and the drummer Doug Peacott, okay. who's uh, played with several people, is really well known. Great guy. Um, what does he play? He's the, he's a drummer. Oh, okay. no, I mean the Lions brother. I th- I believe he's the bass player. Oh, okay. I believe he's the bass player. Um, 
and they they look fairly similar. So mm-hmm. if you saw him, you'd be like, yeah, that's yeah. that's Chris Lyons' brother. Wow. Um, he was he was a great teacher, and yeah. he was one of the first people who was like, I don't want you to just read and play the notes. I want you to like feel what this is, you know? And like he was like someone, one of the first people who sort of not like super detailed deconstruct, but like really made a made the entire band like stop. And think about what we're playing and not just being like, you know, like you just play the notes and and you can hear students or or players who just are playing. They're playing the correct notes, but there's no life in those notes. It's just sort of like um, just they're going through the motions. It's it's mechanical, if you will, you know, and that's um, I mean, naturally, our discussion today was going to lead towards a lot of musical things yeah, uh, yeah. given who we are and what we do but um you know that that's a big part of it is you know balancing you have to develop the technical skills you have to you have to be a technician and have the capability to take it to, to that next level you know no one's ever said like man that guy didn't play in time in tune or with his band but he moved me yeah you know yeah no no <laughs> so, so and you know a teacher's responsibility, um, I guess, is to know at what point they have trained their students well enough to begin to ask for those things. Yeah. And, um, you know, the finest of educators know to make sure that they don't start asking for those things until the kids are ready and yeah. to make sure that they are training those kids. Because it's not something you – maybe somewhere out there in Texas where band <laughs> is like this just whole different – monster there are fifth grade bands out there where you know they're able to ask the kids to really achieve this high level of emotional attachment to what they're doing but you you have to have that plan in place for years Mm. uh especially with a group you know it's it's one thing to get one person there but to to take a whole group of kids and like bring them up together right and then know when it's the right time yeah to pull the trigger that's like mastery (laughs) you know and it's funny because i remember i remember the time it was it was that we weren't getting this one piece and so like he was just trying i think he was just like reaching for something to give (laughs) to so that would inspire us to play the fucking piece correctly um but i i liked how you said a mastery of teaching because it wasn't like he just sat there and lectured for an hour about like feeling the notes and the silence between them and should, you know, and like, it was like, it was just very much like in the moment, like these fucking kids. Okay. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't, but like I said, it wasn't like a dissertation or anything on it. But. Sure. Sure. So what's your lineage of music? Do you come from a musical family? Um. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um. I, I mean the most direct, part of it uh would be my father mm. who's a drummer okay Go um figure. yeah <laughs> yeah um by the way we're with will you say your last name for me uh, justin <laughs> justin fuica 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 it's a fun one <laughs> what is that if you it's don't. uh it's hungarian mm. it's hungarian um okay. i've only ever had one person this is kind of a funny story very quickly that Talks about music. One person in my entire life get it right without me explaining <laughs> it. I went into audition for the orchestra in college uh, at BGSU, and the the um, the orchestra director there, Dr. Emily Freeman Brown, uh, is very well and worldly studied. 
And, you know, I walked in and she's like, all right, Mr. Fuica, go ahead. And I almost passed out as, you know, like 21 years old. Like, this has never happened to me before. After a lifetime of (laughs) of, butchered fucking last name calls. You just wait, you know, you're the first day of class and they're like, Justin, and you just try to raise your hand before they butcher it. Like, save them um, and yourself the embarrassment. And she she got it right. And I I asked, I was like, how'd you know? And she said, well, you know, I've done some studying in Europe and learned some of the phonetics and things and i just was like cool and threw her brain around didn't she yeah yeah well she's i mean she's incredibly talented she's married to one of the most prolific composers uh and and college educators this day uh, a guy named sam adler um who's over at the eastman school of music um she was the first woman i believe the first woman to get her doctorate in conducting from the eastman school of music so eastman uh, i take it is a very prestigious school it's yeah it's up there in the there's eastman juilliard peabody institute uh cleveland institute there are these these like monoliths yeah. of uh of of music where you go it's it's kind of like it's kind of like berkeley but for orchestra people yeah and which know, one did you go to I, I went to BGSU. Oh, okay. I, I did not. She I'm was the professor there. Yeah. That, was, I, um, that, was, that was kind of a shitty yeah. job. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that not, was so stupid. Not at all. Not at this all. Is, this is, welcome to my show. I sit here and just clown on my guests for an hour and a half. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> I signed up for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, um, please. But, you know, so my dad was a drummer. Yeah. I, I just grew up. all And a huge part of him being a drummer wasn't. It wasn't just though, you know, the tutelage, um, because at certain points, you know, your seventh grade, eighth grade, you don't want to listen to what dad has to say about right. anything. You know, it's like, yeah, dad, I got it. I know how to play. Yeah, rudiments, know, he's downs- whatever, bitch. Okay, he's downstairs listening to me, just <laughs> sucking all over the place, and you know, and had the wisdom to like try to offer his his help, and 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 when I took it, he continued to give it. When I didn't, he left me alone to just continue being bad. Um, <laughs> but a big thing that a lot of people take for granted um, is having good equipment as a youngster. And because he was a player, I, I never had that like beginner, you know, $500 drum kit. I had, I I still play on a lot of the gear that I first played on because, you know, it's like Zildjian new beat hi hats from the, you know, very first year they existed and stuff like that are, are there. I have a, you know, Ludwig superphonic drum which are heralded is just beautiful snare drums um that was that was my father's you know from mm. the 70s um oh, nice and he took meticulous care of his stuff better than i do yeah i'm ashamed of myself sorry dad <laughs> you're listening um gotta clean my cymbals and wipe down my rims he, say a prayer for justin okay. yeah yeah <laughs> um but having that available to me and having parents that um you know, it's like, mom, dad, can I have this video game? No. Can I have this? No. Can I have some drumsticks? Absolutely. Oh. Can I have lessons? Yes. Um, there was never a question. My my brother and I, you know, um, never wanted for musical things. Wow. Uh, he's he's a very accomplished guitar guitarist as the well. The benefits of fucking growing up in a musical family. Yeah, yeah, it's great, man. And I was fortunate enough to have an an uncle who loves music. Um, and. I originally come from O'Leary, Ohio, over by Cleveland. We moved in third grade. And that uncle, um, despite my brother and I probably driving him insane, um, he, you know, he had all the tapes and the, the records and the CDs. Yeah. I guess most, not CDs, he had tapes at the time. And we would just, Uncle Mike, make me another tape, make me another tape. And 
he just kept handing us these tapes and you know so without having to pay for them yeah you know as we couldn't when we were nine <laughs> right, ten, right um always had access to you know everything rush queen um zeppelin all the stuff we, the essentials you know the the stuff that would shape a a young musician yeah. uh, hopefully in a positive way um <laughs> seems you know, like it has kept us kept us away from the the bad stuff you yeah. know never got a tape with any disco oh <laughs> yeah, okay okay you do like you that? still not dig on the disco no it, i i'd say that you know tongue-in-cheek I, I, I mean um, oh i know i know i'm because especially because those your uncle probably hated disco and well you know it, i think it's one of those things when you were a, a kid of the 70s you know it's it's just like us we're we're 90s kids right for the most part like if you ask me like you know you can go buy a cd am i going to pick up the foo fighters or the spice girls right (laughs) right (laughs) two very viable options (laughs) for the time period (laughs) but what what am i going to do you know probably the foo fighters definitely the foo fighters right so or nirvana or whatever right Um, and and you look who holds up and like and the foo fighters hold up spice world nah not so much (laughs) yeah sorry sorry peter the bass player in the band i play with uh peter karchenko is a very pronounced, just guilty pleasure. Spice Girls. Fan. He loves Spice Girls. He loves Spice Girls. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, I love, but I love like Justin Timberlake. Oh, and, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like even those old in sync songs that I used to hate, I'll be like, you know, ba 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 ba. Yeah. If that's in sync, I don't even know if that's no, in sync. No, I think it, that is in sync. We play that for weddings, actually. Yeah, um, it's fun. And it's like it's just fun music. Well, and you you kind of grow to appreciate right. It was poppy and hokey back then, but right. now we were, like, we're wow, <laughs> we we're actively against that at the time. Sure, sure, and maybe because it wasn't cool. Um, <laughs> it wasn't cool. You know, maybe because like, we were jealous. Because <laughs> you know, all the girls loved those guys, not us. No, um, yeah, you never true. know. <laughs> no, I mean, like that was definitely had no love from the ladies in high school at all. So Me either. I, I um, had a lot of friends that were girls that I wanted to um, uh, copulate with, but uh, oh, nothing, nothing like. Uh, oh my God! I'm so sorry, dog. You were right under my foot. I'm yeah, sorry. He has a way about that. He'll be all right. <laughs> now he's uh, oh, now he's here to hang out. Here, I'll give you some pets. I'll give you some pets. There um, you go. There you go. So anyway, yeah, no. So you were you had your uncle who was like, so he didn't play music. He was just a music. No, fan. he's actually he's a he plays guitar uh-huh. um, as well. In fact, I I told myself about a year ago I was going to teach myself guitar. Bought this beautiful Takamini, never played it. Decided to sell it. He bought it from me. Oh, nice. uh, he loves it. You know, um, so it's always something that's been, you know, uh, I guess that would be my you know with aunts and uncles if you if you have the good pleasure of being very close to any of them which i am with most of mine our connection was always through music yeah um and it still is you know he was came out uh the night before thanksgiving when we played you know comes out to see us once in a while it's always a a joy to share that with both my parents and my brother was there um up from alabama and my uncle so the people that in my family that i'm closest connected to through music um you know and they were all there. So it was, it's always great. It's special to get to, to kind of share that with them and say, you know, all those, all those hours where you put up with me, just making <laughs> so much awful, awful noise. 
and all the begging for CDs and the time I signed up for Columbia House without permission. It's all been there. Right? It's, 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 oh, my God. I'd be stupid not to. Yeah, exactly. It's it's great. You know, um, I don't have any income to pay for the rest, but we'll figure that yeah, out. Yeah, you know? I mean, this is, we're, it's, we're living in the now, man. Right. We're being mindful AF, okay? Living now. And, uh, you know, to, to get the chance to share with them that, like, hey, it it kind of paid off. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, yeah. You totally know, you know, I was stupid, but at least I was stupid uh, with a strong heart about it. You know, right, so, right. Um, yeah, just just very fortunate. You know, they they were willing to. They drove my brother for f- three years and I to Toledo every other week for lessons. Wow. Because um, out in Bryan, Ohio, there's not limited in the you know the there's teacher there, department. there wasn't much yeah. and. Um, so, you know, we're over here at good old Peeler Music, which hey. was a staple of Toledo. Of course. I studied with uh, Eric Bilger, who was the manager of the drum department okay. um, over there. And then, um, you know, that just, that let, he gave me a foundation mm-hmm. um, that at the time was often boring. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, um, as I share with many of my students, um, there's this wonderful quote I saw from this poster, this Ron Swanson poster from Parks and Rec. And one of the things that says discipline, the ability to do something really boring over and over again. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he kind of instilled that in me from a music musical standpoint. Um, yeah. So. Well, what was some of the kind of ways that he would motivate you through those through those dark times? Those well, slow times. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that he ever really like motivated me. I mean, I had the motivation of my parents saying, "If you don't do this stuff, <laughs> we're gonna stop paying for it." Yeah. Um, I got. But, I mean, how do you keep? How did you keep interested? Because you obviously kept coming back, and even through the boring stuff, you're just like, oh, I'm, "I guess I'm just going back." I mean, like, what? Um, I mean, because you could have quit. I'm sure your parents would have been like, "Okay, you can stop going." Or no, is that not how? It works? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I could have quit band. Yeah, and quit playing if I wanted, and they, as long as I, I wasn't allowed to do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never wanted to quit that. Yeah. Um, the thing that really motivated me wasn't it wasn't from a person; it was mm-hmm. from experiences. Like, you know, when you're in a small town, it's it's easy to become the big fish in a little pond. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, I'm first chair in band. I'm, you know, da, 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 da all these things. Look at this guy just bragging. Um, oh, no, no, no. Realistically that, that happens. First chair, you know, Brian, and whatever. You've, you've worked your way up. You yes. know, it wasn't like immediately. Look, okay, I worked my way up there. What do I do now? We start going to these, you know, district and, and honors bands and stuff. And, you know, you can't help, but and I think it comes, percussionists tend to have a, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder in general, which I certainly did. And you walk in and you think you're hot stuff. And then you end up last chair in the lowest band and you're like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> I guess I'm not that sweet. Wait a minute. Uh, okay. Yeah. So. When your competition isn't really pushing you to like, really like go further. Yeah. And it's, it's like not to say that I wasn't, I wasn't being chased by some really wonderful musicians in my hometown and in mm-hmm. my home school, but perhaps they were two years younger than me. Right. You know, perhaps they weren't afforded the ability to go get lessons mm. or, or something like that. And they, you know, didn't perhaps have, they just sucked ass. I mean, there's, you know, that too. there are some people that, you know, that they try hard. Right. 
Well, um, there's nothing like <laughs> well, there's nothing like natural ability versus like learned. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah, I mean you see that a lot with sports. You know sure. what I mean? Uh, but I mean, there's just like. Like, I don't know. I just see some guitarists who are just, like, so fucking in touch with their instruments. And, like, I just know that, which is so self-defeating, but it's just, like, I know I'm never going to be that. And, like, I, I oh, first of all, because I don't have the motivation to do that. Then, <laughs> but, like, you just, like, that person was born to do it like that, you know? Well, like, yeah. It, uh, you know, just for me personally. To compare it to sports, it's 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 hard to think about somebody ever teaching like lebron james how to dribble a basketball yeah right you kind of just if you really think about it you're just like like, he he just could do it obviously you know or michael jordan or you know i'm a cleveland fan so okay we miss you lebron um Uh, (laughs) please come back again the lakers is that he went to the lakers he went to the lakers Um, he's gonna do that though uh, you know uh good for him he came back he delivered us a championship yeah hometown guy still really good to the home city um so you know you, you miss him but uh you're yeah. not angry this time uh <laughs> you at least he brought us the championship you know you know the way he left was was a little different so but anyway yeah you know but that's you know you said the thing about you know i watched that guy who's made to do it and stuff mm. but i think the key is that you have to study the technical side of your instrument and that's that's a place where I see, and I anything that I say here, I've been through this myself. Mm-hmm. I've done this time and time again. There may be people that listen, college professors, people I was in college with, and they're like, that was not you in college, man. You were seriously not with it a lot of times. You were unmotivated. You didn't, you didn't want to do the things you didn't want to do. Yeah. And they would be dead right because yeah. I was young and stupid. Just do whatever. Um, but <laughs> you start to realize that, you have to make sure that you um, you study your technique insofar as you have enough control of it to make sure that it never limits you being expressive. Mm. You know, yeah. so it's like I don't need to play as fast as Buddy Rich, right? Unless I need to express something as fast as Buddy but, Rich. Yeah, did. yeah. You know, and if I do, God help me. Uh, <laughs> I hope you have your shit together, bro. I don't know if I'll ever get there, but. Um, you know, that's a, it's something that I think you, you don't think about until you get a little older. Um, and you start teaching. Mm. Um, and I am, I have been for 16 years now blessed with hundreds of students over the years. And when, you know, when a little 10th grade kid that wants to be the next Taylor Hawkins mm. or Carter uh, Beaufort for Buford. I don't still know how it's pronounced from Dave Matthews. Bo- I think it's Buford. B- Carter. Carter. The Car- happy guy. Carter, the really good guy Maybe who from plays. From Dave Matthews. He has like high hats. Plays. He's amazing. <laughs> Best live snare drum sound you'll ever hear. Um, yeah, dude, totally. Man. But when a, you know, a 10th grader looks at you and, and they're looking for your guidance, you start thinking about like, well, what do I need to tell them to get them to figure this out before they're 32, 33 years yeah. old. Um, and maybe they can get there faster and go further. Yeah. Um, and so that, you know, you really start thinking about that and, and, um, you know, so I'm a firm believer in paying attention to your technique, which a lot of people will, 
look at and say, well, yeah, but you know, then you'll just end up being like Ingve Malmsteen where it's emotionless, but he's yeah. shredding and he's incredible. Right. Or, you know, John Petrucci is one that people always pick, which I Joe always, Satriani. I always like to send them to like a couple of dream theater tunes where he plays these like beautiful legato oh, yeah. well, he's melodic he's solos. Insane. He's you, insanely good. You know, just cause you can expressive uh, shred doesn't yeah. mean that you can also be expressive. Some guys, and I think that's part of musical maturity. Some guys never get past that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I think when you're young, you're supposed to try to be Mike Portnoy. Yeah. yeah and yeah. so that when you're older, you can be Ringo. Or, or you, or like your, your true self, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Right, your voice. Um, like you always hear like comedians finding their voice or artists finding their whatever, their voice. It's mm-hmm. a voice. I guess you can call it whatever, what, but your unique spirit are your unique fucking what makes you stand out and like what yeah. what makes you different and i i think that's that's i think that's like that is the goal for a lot of musicians but but like you're saying it's like you when you're younger you should be like trying to be like other people so you can kind of figure out who you are because you can try and, and um, that that sounds terrible because don't go out there trying to be the next Jimi hendrix but you should definitely like study that shit if you want to play shit like that study it play it but just remember that's just that's just more shit in your arsenal and you're just sort of like building this yeah this, man you're building this crazy foundation of who you are so one day you could be one with your instrument just like just all over the audience well you know it's properly i think it's i think it's foolish for people to think that at this day and age with as much media as available to us and all the things you hear and experience and all the music that's been recorded and you know that you're going to come up with something completely original, <laughs> like from, from nothing. Right, right. You know, it's like you might get it because it was, it's, you know, I'll use drummers. It's 30% Carter, 40% John Bonham, 10% Bernard Purdy, you know, 20% Jeff Percaro and 10% Dave Weckl. Right, right. And that's what led to that, that moment or that little passage or something like that. But it's, it's by studying them and listening to them, which is something that I think it's that we're tempted and it's, it's very hard to have the discipline to do what I, I guess I like to call it active listening, mm-hmm. you know, um, not like, yeah, I, I got in the car and I was listening to this music or I was cleaning the house and I listened to it, but like sit down, you know, as a musician, if you don't own a good pair of headphones, mm-hmm what are you doing? <laughs> you know, that's, that's the other half and sit and listen. And I don't know about you. I'm curious about mm. you. Cause you're, you're a phenomenal musician oh, and performing. Um, yeah, man. Um, you know, I know Mike's mentioned it, but his band Green Anger Sessions, one of my favorite in town. Oh, well, thank um, you. I, yeah. And, and, good, and good I love dudes, what the new pals. fashion does. Justin plays the new fashion, and the new fashion has their own shit, and they're fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, and, we're crazy. And I just told you the other day, I was just like, I love that you guys can all sing and shit. It's like you guys got like a, a whole band of frontmen just like working together. <laughs> Fuck it. Even, even you. It's like you're out there doing it. Right? You sing, right? Yeah. You um, I, I mean, I haven't really publicly i can okay. we're we're working on that and it's um you know kind of ties into something we're talking about we're, we're trying to choose tunes to learn right now mm-hmm. to say okay what tunes can we choose to learn that are gonna serve the purpose of 
being entertaining as a cover band and stuff like that, but are going to teach us skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, naturally a band like us that gravitates a little, uh, we play all kinds of stuff, but I would say if anything, we have that kind of uh, sort of Southern E rock kind of sound that where we really flourish stuff like the Eagles. Yeah. You know, or, um, um, what are they called? Ventura Highway. Who does Ventura Highway? Oh, um, I don't know. <laughs> Jesus, I don't even I can't know the think song. Of, That's oh, you up. definitely know the tune. Probably. Um, but I just, um, stuff. America. 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 Thank you. Hell yeah. Um, stuff like that. So it's like, okay, let's choose some tunes from, from stuff like that and teach ourselves how to do this. Because, you know, you can have five guys that sing. Mm. You can have five guys that play their instruments that doesn't make a band right. you know it's that that old phrase that the the whole is greater than the sum of its parts totally. so you know what made the eagles wasn't five guys that could sing it's those five guys that could sing like they did right. and blend and balance and so you know it's a it's something that we're working on so you know and we've it's one of those like uh we've been saying that for years <laughs> that this is going to happen and uh you get into your 30s you know and it's like you have you have to juggle all kinds of stuff family and work and and things like that and you, you know it's like well do i pay the bills this month or do i get together with my buddies and learn how to sing right <laughs> i suppose we'll put that on the back burner um but you know we're really excited about that but um yeah it's cool it's cool that there's this uprising of groups around town that are straying from the kind of homogenous <laughs> stuff that had been happening. And and I don't feel bad saying it. I hope, you know, you? anybody that listens, you know, I certainly am not the end all be all of this, but my perspective on it is that um, there are going to be bands out there that are out there to entertain their crowd. And whether that's making them dance or making them sing along with, you know, anthems like Don't Stop Believing and stuff like that, <laughs> that we all loved at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that says they hate that song grew to hate it. Yeah. Um, they, they're, they're out there doing that and that's fine. And then there are other groups that want to go out and reach people mm. with music and, and make them feel something. And for a while it got to a point where bands like that couldn't, get the gigs yeah and people didn't come out they just wanted to come out every night and hear wagon wheel and don't stop believing and brown eyed girl yeah and on repeat if you'd give it to them um, <laughs> they, they'll throw again. hundred dollar bills at you to just play it again yeah. and stuff and there are some venues that have kind of taken a chance on trying to make that happen you know big shout out to the yield dirty bird village idiot yeah totally. love you guys so much for what you do and what you uh what you let all of us do um and you go into those places and you can, you know, play something, you know, don't let me down by the Beatles mm-hmm. or something like that, that people would say like, no, man, you can't play that at a bar. <laughs> well, well, why not? Right. And, and so we've got this, these bands that are starting to find their way to do that. And, the, and their musicianship is strong enough to make that presence felt, you yeah. know, they're, you guys, um, another favorite band of mine in town, the last born sons. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Those dudes are, yeah, I met Kyle, I think Kyle, yeah. Kyle's incredible. John Rudder's a, a great player and a great guy. John Rudder is, I, 
every time I see him, I tell him I'm not sure if he's a better drummer or bass player. <laughs> um, and, and I mean that actually. Um, nice. and Matt Havers, like, you know, he's a perfect example of a guy. You'll just hear him shredding. And then the next tune you'll, he'll turn around and play one of the most beautiful solos you've ever heard. Yeah. And, and, the, and then they step off the stage and they're just like the goofiest, most fun guys. You know, I don't know anybody that doesn't like one of those guys. Oh, that's nice. Um, so they're good guys. There's uh, another band called the good, the bad and the blues. Okay. Um, Ian, uh, is a killer player and a killer performer. Um, and so it's, it's people reaching out and saying Wait, that you say Ian, Ian is like, like Ian. Uh, no, it's, it's a, a Y I N I believe. And I'm going to take a guess at his last name. Naim N A I M. Look him up, check him out on Facebook. Um, wherever they are. I was just uh, like, I was like, is that some like, is that like, like the Mormon way you pronounce it? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, no, Ian's, Ian's a great guy, uh, a seasoned veteran and got some great musicians in his band. They play a lot of time out of town, like house of blues and oh, sweet. they've won like blue, you know, blues challenges and stuff like that, yeah. like national level. So um, Ian is the lead guitar and singer. Or yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. You'll see him. He's quite the personality, super fun guy. Um, Sorry. very supportive of his local scene. And, cool. um, you know, and there's the Overton project, like Duval Overton, man. See, I don't know any of this Woo! shit. I, I love that dude can play uh, bass. He's a fantastic player. So they're, they're working their way up and, and people are welcoming, all of us into their establishments mm. and people are coming out to see us and they're coming back out to see mm-hmm. us. And I actually heard about you guys from my nephew who loves you guys. <laughs> he was like, you can come see the new fashion with me. And I'm just like, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then, and then I found out Jake was in it who had been on the sh- Wait, no, I can't. No, they, t- he told me about the new fashion and then I, that's why I looked up, uh, I looked you guys up, and then that's how I met Jake, and then I reached yeah. out to Jake. Jake is a, a personality like I've never met. <laughs> yeah. And I mean that all in the best possible ways. Yeah, like, totally. he is a, a front man with absolutely no, um, how do I say this? No reservations. Mm. And I think that. You know, I'll take a second and speak a little bit about each of those guys because I'd be remiss without giving them all the praise in the world. If you're in a band and you don't have a front, the front man sets the bar. He opens it, opens up the gate as wide as it's going to be. And if they don't open up the gate wide, then you can't walk through that gate. Mm. Um, And um, that's what allows us to cut loose and not have things feel out of balance. Mm. Um, and you know, Peter our the bass player, like God, I wouldn't trade him for the world. Um, I've played with lots of bass players naturally as a drummer. That's a very close relationship. Yeah. Totally. And, um, he's, a, he's actually an incredible guitar player. He's in, doing his master's degree in guitar right now at BGSU. Um, and he's so smart. Um, and has such a great ear and, um, our guitar player Mike is actually a really accomplished pianist, oh. and so what I love about him is that he he tells a story with his solos. It's he's he's the guy that understands how to hold a note and make it matter, mm-hmm. and um, 
and he's a really like just even keel guy but when he puts his fingers on the guitar you see like a whole range or rather feel and hear a range of uh, emotions and Mm. stuff that you may not get in just a a passing conversation with him and uh tim our piano player the guy plays like 12 instruments and he's always showing up with these weird things and it's like you know what's that thing it's oh it's a melodica (laughs) <laughs> what's a melodica <laughs> um you know he's got this bag of like 50 harmonicas in it and he plays saxophone and he's blessed with perfect pitch so that's oh. certainly i know oh, it's, it's the I worst knew, <laughs> i knew this bass player actually from toledo his name is antar martin and he fucking oh. he can uh he has that he has that perfect pitch shit and like <clears throat> like i would be <laughs> i'd be like i would i would i would call him and be like trying to figure out what this chord is i'm having a hard time with it and he'll look it up on youtube and listen to it it'll be like there's a f a f no f a g sharp uh a d and uh f sharp and I'm like, oh okay sweet thank you <laughs> and he'll just be like listening to it and just tell me and that's like crazy it's it's so it's and, awesome like, you talk to him and you can see like he's definitely I, and i'm not talking shit about andar but you could see that he's just on another on another planet of, of existence <laughs> you know what i mean like he just lives in his own world and, and i love him to death for it but you go you know it's things like when you're <laughs> You're riding in the car with him, you know, and there's a, a car that comes by or, you know, a truck that comes by. And he's like, yeah, man, that engine, that's a D flat. And you're just like, <laughs> oh, come on, man. Like, dude, I can't even figure him out on a piano. And you're <laughs> yeah. you're telling me that engine's at a D flat. Like, I, I had that engine at loud and obnoxious. And yeah. I just had to yeah. turn up the radio because of it. <laughs> and you're picking out what note it is. Um, I love that. So, you know, the I'm definitely lucky. You know, it's... It, it's a it's a cover band you yeah. know it's not like we're about to go on on tour open up for the foo fighters but um to find five guys that you connect with and that you know so much of what we do um is like has never been discussed you know mm-hmm. it's like one day at a show we're just like all right well you know we play this tune let's um let's pick a different style you know, and not not just like let's do it faster, slower, but like okay, let's take that tune and let's play it like '60s doo-wop. Yeah, and we don't rehearse it, and we don't, and <laughs> somebody kind of gives just a feel and like a quick idea, like here's what I'm thinking, and we go, and you fall flat on your face once in a while, mm-hmm. um, but um, after a while, you start to kind of know each other. You, you, yeah, you pick up on okay, man, he's playing through this like you know, melodic sequence and he's, he's going up chromatically and, and, you know, I can hear that he's, even though I have perfect pitch, I have enough knowledge. He's approaching the resolution Mm. and we all just know to resolve without even a look or a a word. And, um, it wasn't that way five years ago with us. We were just a hot mess. Um, (laughs) Well, improv is, uh, is a muscle and it's a skill that you fucking have to work. Yeah. And especially with a, a group of guys you know who are like like you said five years ago we're just doing just trying to figure it out yeah but now that you have this time together like and you just you guys work that shit out and mm-hmm. you know it was interesting you even said that it's like you know sometimes we fall flat on our face like you guys will risk it um and 
and, and that's huge because you put yourself in a position like that. You're like, your adrenaline's running mm-hmm. and you're just like, I don't know how this is going to go, but here we go. And you just like, you dive in. And that in itself, whether you fall flat on your face or not, is is developing that skill. It's oh, like sure. you're learning to control this fucking this this. Your brain's trying to trick you. Like you're in danger. You're in danger. You're about to fuck up. <laughs> right. And you have to like fight that at all times. You know, yeah. like um, well. Some people do. I, I, no, I, mean, I still have to deal with that. I abs- still have to do breathing exercises before shows, <laughs> just so I not going in there at, like an anxious ball of a fucking crazy person. But it's you know, a yeah, it, it's you, a skill. And and <clears throat> you were saying active listening, and this kind of ties into that, right? Because you yeah. guys are trying to <clears throat> listen to a song and, and regurgitate it in a different way, and and that you're building skills that you're Mm -hmm. working on. Well, part of our process with that too, is that we, we almost always insist on first learning it Mm. as it is. Um, it's like, okay, no, learn it like on, like on the album, Yeah, you know, um, because there's something to be learned from, we can always get better at execution. Mm. So it's like, okay, let's, Let's figure out how to execute. Let's learn everything we can from what was on the album. And then, you know, and it just depends on the night. Um, You just kind of look at each other. Maybe you've gone out and played it like it is on the album 10 times in the last two months. And you're like, I'm sick of it. (laughs) So let's do this. (laughs) Or maybe you're um, sometimes, sometimes you, um, you make a mistake and it causes it causes you to paint yourself into a corner and you look at your guys and you're just like, Oh, like just, <laughs> that cringe. Like, oh, yeah, it's okay. like, oh, okay. Okay. But you know, in, in, you, you work with each other and, um, paint yourself back out of that corner. And sometimes the most beautiful things that happen come in those, in that, that struggle, you know, oh, the yeah. kind of band of brothers to, of, of like, okay, guys, like, I know one thing is that we can't stop (laughs) (laughs) and, and we can't stop the tune right now either. We can't end it here. So we got to take it back up. We got to work our way back out of this and, and just understanding different feels and different times and having a, I mean, an eclectic variance of, of histories and things we like, you know, you go around and talk to, uh, Again, you know, I'll use the guys because they're one I know, not not because I necessarily want to talk about me or the band. But Tim, you know, he's like '60s music, loves '60s music. You know, he likes '80s music. Jake and myself, dude, I hate '80s music. You know, oh, wow. um, you know, we love '90s music. Tim, yeah, yeah. Tim's not a fan of '90s because it doesn't have a lot of piano. He's a pianist by nature. You know, Mike loves the blues. Peter, Peter, and I are the ones that listen to the the most out there stuff you know it's like you know man you know we both recently found out we're huge fans of the band oasis oh shit. of all okay. things love them love the beatles love zeppelin also love dream theater mm-hmm. you know yeah. <laughs> um, totally, yeah. so yeah. um all kinds of all kinds of different stuff and and when you start to figure out how to meld those together and realize that like i can maybe throw a little bit of dream theater in at this moment with this fill and it, it doesn't sit unwell with the little bit of Joe Bonamassa that Mike's dropping in <laughs> and you know all those influences start to come together because you know that's all the greats that we listen to you know Led Zeppelin they were Robert Johnson and Bernard Purdy and yeah. 
you know, all those, all those kinds of things. And then, you know, Elvis harking back to Buddy Holly and Buddy Holly harking back to, you know, country roots and Chuck Berry. And, and it just, yeah, totally. you know, we all, we all kind of come with that. So, um, it's a, it's a really unique, you know, and sometimes that unique blend doesn't work. <laughs> so yeah. there's, a, there's a little bit of feeling, you know, even again, if it's just a cover, a local cover band of like, Hey man, like, you know, it took me 30 years on this planet, but I found, <laughs> we found us, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it feel, it feels good. And, and on top of that, yeah, we, we hang out, yeah. you know, um, I heard there's this documentary of, uh, called before the music dies and, and quest love was on there talking about something and you know at, near the end they, they said like what's your advice to you know young musicians he's like hang out he's like makes it i remember it's like make a bunch of ham and cheese sandwiches turn on the godfather and sit down and watch a movie together and hang and um i think that's a huge part because as you well know in a band like when adrenaline gets going you're on stage you get uncomfortable sometimes you can you can shoot each other a glance. It's like, dude, I'm going to kill you after this set. <laughs> and, or you can get a glance. that's yeah. like, I'm going to kill you. And it, and what keeps you from doing it is that time when you were, you know, hanging out and watching a, a baseball game or whatever, right, right. <laughs> you know, or the time where you're like, Hey man, I'll help you move or, right. or all those kinds of things. And, you know, you can see that on stage. You know, I, I see that, um, I see that with the last born sons. I see that with you guys. I see personality and interaction with each other. Um, and that's something that, you know, I'm grateful for. And yeah. I think that that's, I think people, music isn't live music is about human connection. Um, that's why we go to live concerts. Mm. Otherwise we just sit at home and listen to the CD, <laughs> right. you know, but we want to go there. We want to feel the energy of the performers and we want to feel it with other people. Yeah. You want to look at a stranger while you're both standing there yeah, nodding your head like, yeah, man, this is great. Song. Yes. You know, you know, playing the song that we both like. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's yes. all 50,000 of us here. You yeah. know, it's the real thing that I don't know about you. I don't know if you're a big Dave Matthews band fan. I love Dave Matthews. I was not for a very very long time yeah. me neither though me neither and i don't know it took me it, the, he grew on me six years ago i think my buddy sean who uh he's the manager of our the reddick music over in westlake um and we knew each other from from the indoor drum line we were both in uh matrix um which it's like what drew did north coast academy we, yeah. we competed against each other okay so yeah so what <laughs> drew did in his little yeah i got you that that drum thing. core is that what it's called uh there's drum core which is like during the summers he he did uh madison scouts and glassman gotcha. um and that's with like horns as well mm. and then there's indoor drum line that's during the winter that's like without the horns that okay. i did that part i never got into the got to the drum core thing but um Sean called me. It was over. Our company shuts down for a week every year in July. And he's like, Hey man, Dave's playing at blossom tonight. You want to go? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. I'm, yeah. I was, it was a few days after I'd moved into this very apartment and, uh, I was sick of moving and putting stuff together. So I was like, yeah, I'll be there. And when we got tickets and, um, I went there knowing some tunes, no, but the experience I had live just with the, the people around and the environment, you know, and like looking at complete strangers. Yeah. And it's like, 
we all kind of feel the same right now. This is cool. Yeah. And uh, so I kind of realized the power of live music and doing things differently. I was always like a purist, like, no, play it like it is on the album, leave it. Yeah. Who are you to rewrite the yeah. masterpiece that they that was written? And then I was like, well, maybe that's not the right way. In fact, I had very heated discussions about this with fellow musicians in college and you know, like heated. man, I like that it reached a boiling point. <laughs> over, um, Purist, man. If you're going to play other people's music, you play it the way right. they wrote it. Nobody rewrites Beethoven, you know, like. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, and, and I get that. I get that. And there's something to be said about that. But um, and then there's something to be said about like as soon as an artist releases it into the world, it's like it's everybody's now, yeah. and it's like. Who the fuck aren't we to not fucking pull this apart and change it into different ways? Like, why not? Let's let's just see how this sounds when, like this. And some of the best, some of the, my favorite just pieces of music are when people did that. I, I was, I'll reference probably maybe the most powerful of them were, were the, there are two tunes, I guess I would say, that really hit me were the, the cover, the, the one that wasn't the original every time I hear them, no matter how many times I hear them affect me. Um, one is Jeff Buckley's cover of hallelujah. Oh yeah. Going to, like gorgeous. his, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's probably you can the do best it. Pentatonics yeah. can do it. A million other people. It's the most covered song ever. Mm. Maybe that or yesterday by the Beatles. Mm. Um, boys to men, their cover of yesterday is beautiful, but that version of hallelujah is, that's the one that was supposed to be yeah. Leonard Cohen had to write it right. so that that could so happen. Jeff Buckley could do it. No, there is a whole podcast. Do you know who like Malcolm Gladwell is? I don't. He's. Have you ever heard of the ten thousand hour theory? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's Malcolm. Gladwell. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay. So, um, so he has this podcast called um, uh, History of Revisionist or something, and it's fucking awesome. And he does an entire episode about Hallelujah. And he, they kind of like deconstruct it on its popularity and how Jeff Buckley like made it like a song that was almost obscure in some ways, oh, a lot of ways, and uh, and took it to this like new level. And it, it goes deeper than that. I can't remember how it goes. It's incredible. If you like, if you like, I don't know if you're into that. Yeah. But, oh no. I love but it's that. uh. But it, I love I love that podcast because it's uh. It's it's about unsung heroes of mm-hmm. like history of history. Yeah. So he kind of goes in there, and I can't remember. I don't know, but it's been so long that I can't remember. But if if you want to hear a lot about that song and in like <laughs> how Jeff Buckley did it, because it is a beautiful song. I mean, oh, like it's, it's gorgeous. I mean, like it's a it's one of those like perfect songs. And, yeah, like, man. And like. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I know this is obvious, but when he's, like, talking about how the chords are progressing in the words itself, you know, yeah. to a minor fifth and blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. you're just like, oh, and yeah. they're changing. Like, that's a genius kind of thing to kind of throw in with uh, with uh, with Hallelujah because, I mean, it almost is talking, it, it almost is, is pointing out how music can manipulate you into feeling a certain way, especially when it comes to religion. Oh, abs- so, absolutely. So, I mean, that's, the, I don't know if that's the intention of that song, but well, I, no, but I mean, know, I think in that moment, but it does, it kind of does point that out in a kind of a weird way. Because something I've learned is like the more I learn about music, the less music I enjoy. 
<laughs> but yeah. the more I enjoy some music, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like, it's like I traded in loving a hundred songs at a medium level for 10 songs at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll take that any day. Uh-huh. Um, That's not bad. I mean, yeah, it's like, do you have fucking a bunch of people that you call friends or do you have like a really solid core of like maybe five to 10 people who you could fucking call at any moment any for anything moment. for anything? You yeah. Know, so I, I feel that. Man. That's, feel that's that. it. Um, but the other cover, the other one that, that gets me, um, is, uh, Joe Cocker's cover of with a little help from my friends. <laughs> I can't even do Joe Cocker. It'll hurt my voice. Oh yeah. But <laughs> I mean, you listen to the Beatles version mm. and thank God they did it. Yeah. It's very poppy. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful song. The Beatles, like that's an awesome and I love song. The Beatles. The Be- yeah. But the Beatles are awesome. Joe Cocker took that and, you know, and there, there are two levels of that for, I think people our age, um, anybody our age, as soon as they hear that, the first thing they think of is the wonder years, the TV show. Really? I don't remember that. Oh man. I didn't watch that show. Okay. That is, with the, how old are you? I'm 35. Oh, okay. We're the same age. How did you, <laughs> it's the one. Okay. So is it boy, one with the corky corky? The no, little, that was a uh, life goes on. Okay. Life goes on. Um, no, this is uh his name is Kevin Arnold. It's Fred Savage, the older oh, yeah, brother yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. of Corey from boy meets world. Okay. Um, Tim, Winnie Cooper, the girl you know he grew up in love with, and it was during like uh, the Vietnam era. There's okay. like, war going on I didn't and stuff, watch it. <laughs> and it was it was it was the theme song for it though. So, oh, okay. Well, okay. Um, you know, so, so many people hear that and they're like, "The Wonder Years." Wonder man. Years. Um, like, and um, but the the tune and he just kind of captured the emotion um, in his performance, and um, so it's like. So maybe we should yeah, exactly. take other people's stuff and, and, and redo like it. And like fucking <laughs> Hendrix with the Dylan song, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, Dude, I don't like... Along the Watchtower. I don't like any Bob Dylan song that anybody else did better than the other per- person's version. Because Bob Dylan's one of the most brilliant songwriters and one of the worst vocalists. <laughs> that whoa, I just, whoa. And now he's just like... Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to listen to, man. He's just spitting gravel into a microphone. <laughs> 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 um, but, you know, I mean, so many things he wrote um you know knocking on heaven's door right and, you know gnr well G- yeah gnr and yeah. clapton clapton hell um, yeah no yeah you're absolutely right and and you look at these people who've gone back to revisit these classic songs and made it into something completely new and brings it <laughs> to a whole nother generation absolutely absolutely so Even, it's like we, we who are we not to be fucking with people's shit right yeah yeah it's, <laughs> we gotta be out there fucking with everybody's shit. i'm dying right now man like with this uh this new band and boy have they polarized um people our age who have a foot like in the 70s and a don't foot. say greta van uh, i was gonna say I greta van just fleet. shit or oh, van sant <laughs> greta van sant <laughs> the director steve van fleet um <laughs> no but the greta van greta van fleet, fleet which is this is a very popular conversation among some musicians especially <laughs> so it's dude it's i've seen more people fight about this <laughs> like i was like man if this had happened over a, like a beer there well, would be why a don't you tell them why? Why don't you tell them why people are, why we talk shit about this band? If you well, argue. I don't. Okay. Well, why don't you tell them what the <laughs> so problem let's, is? Let's fight. But, actually, yeah. we're gonna put the mics down and duke <laughs> it out right <laughs> now. <laughs> Fuke. Um, Fuka. 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 F
You did it on purpose just Fudge to cup. add to the. Um, what was that? What What was the best uh, uh, misinterpretation of your last name that you can remember? Oh man, I it, it's it's always kind of the same ones. Fudgka, okay. Fujka. I mean, Fudgka. You know, whatever. The, just the general phonetics. That well, what's your favorite one? We, I, I mean, I don't know if I really have a favorite <laughs> They're one. They're all so wonderful. Um, yeah, there's just so many. Well, I have um, a shitty last name. Not that it's shitty. I'm sorry. I have like, uh, uh, it's not that it's a shitty last name and whoever possesses this name is shit. I'm well, saying that like it's hard to pronounce. What is your last name? Lawfer. Lawfer. How do you spell that? So it's L-A-U-F-F. Uh, E-R, and I get Laffer, I get Lawnmower, I get Lawf, <laughs> like, like uh, it, it already sounds like you're vomiting something, <laughs> you know what I mean, so like it already has this, like, it's German AF, yeah. and it's, yeah, it's whatever, anyways, yeah. I, I'm so Greta Van, Greta Van Fleet, Fleet. Fleet. <laughs> let's talk about him, here's, here's what I love about those dudes, um, well, it, before you tell me what you love, why don't you tell me why, why? Why don't you tell our listeners who might not know why there's so much hatred towards them? Um, okay, because everybody says they're just like Zeppelin copycats and they're not as good. Okay, and and but what is like? Okay, I'm just gonna jump in here. Yeah, fuck them because they they're acting like they've never heard Led Zeppelin. See, get that, the fuck out of my that's, face with that. That's shit. the thing, and and see this this that's why this leads to my point with them. I don't understand why they haven't thrown a Zeppelin cover on an album yeah, and just own just it. Fucking because do it. here's the here's the word in that you know we don't just get to hear them we get to see them and I watch one of my favorite performances I can't believe I'm an utter favorite performance in the same word or same sentence as Carson Daly. There's this like show that they were on late night with Carson Daly and it's a tune of theirs called Flower Power which reminds me very much of Zeppelin's Your Time Is Gonna Come. Right. It's got a strong organ presence and all this stuff. And the first thing, I watch this dude stand there, and anybody that knows, has ever seen a picture or a video of Robert Plant knows what I'm about to say. He stands there, and he puts his hand on his hip, and he points his hand in the air, kind of in a, an effeminate way. Yep. And I was like, that's Robert Plant. If I couldn't see that kid's face and you showed me a silhouette, I would say that's Robert Plant standing there. And he's wearing a vest with no shirt under it and tight hip-hugging bell-bottoms just like Robert Plant, and he kind of sounds like Robert Plant. Not kind and of. And he uses the same kind of vocal inflections as Robert Plant and all that stuff. So own it. Yeah, that's, what, it. I, that's what I'm a, saying. Robert Plant did this interview, and he's he's like, yeah, as you know, he used the word bloke. He's like, this bloke tells me he gets his style from Steven Tyler. And he just <laughs> laughed. And I was like, yeah, man, oh, we're all shit. with you. Like, we're all, but, yeah. but here's the thing. I've had several of my students come in the door and they're like, dude, have you heard this band, Greta Van Fleet? Yeah, I heard them. I love them. I love what they're doing. Have you heard of Led Zeppelin? Who's that? <laughs> and then they come in two weeks later, and they're like, I haven't stopped listening to Zeppelin for two weeks. And I'm like, victory. Well, why Why would you so, Why would you have like the knockoff version? Why wouldn't you just, you just go straight see, to the source? All I needed, they, there's a, a thing to be said. There's this... Uh, Big band drummer Tommy Igo, who's just got the best-selling instructional drum set book ever. He's incredible, and he talked about how young people need to look at people their age doing these things. So, you know, the best thing to happen to jazz snarky puppy, right? Totally, because they're young. They're kids right. out there wearing Chuck Taylors and wearing you know, yeah, they're not hip the, clothes. Yeah, they're not in a fucking suit, all stuffy, exactly. being snobby about shit. So. You know, if it takes Greta Van Fleet to get kids to listen to Zeppelin, give me the band that sounds like just like the Who, 
and Pink Floyd and the Eagles and uh, bring them on, bring them all on and get these kids to, to go back and listen to that stuff. And, and, you know, there were people surely in the, that grew up in the fifties that were like, ah, what's up when they're just a bunch of Willie Dixon ripoffs, uh, yeah, Robert okay. Johnson ripoffs. Yeah. 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 Cool, you know, and and you think about all these well, bands, and they were like putting out albums that were all their 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 heroes' fucking songs. Yeah, dude. Like so the Beatles' people, first album was all blues covers. Twist and Shout was one of their first hits. Yeah, you man. know, one of the Rolling Stones' first hits was um, "Not Fade Away." Yeah, which yeah. is a Buddy Holly tune. Exactly, um, yeah. Go listen to Buddy Holly, all of you. Yeah, um, man. he's brilliant. Um, <laughs> one of those, just like Jeff Buckley, we lost way too soon. Muddy um, Waters, or yeah, is, it, is that right? Muddy Waters, is that who they were doing? Who was it? Never mind. The Chicago guy. Uh, never mind. You talking about Freddie King? No, he was the Chicago. Uh, he was the guy who was like, oh, buddy, um, buddy guy, buddy guy. Yeah, buddy yeah, guy. yeah. There yeah. You go. Um, anyway, he's still playing. Yeah, totally. Which is awesome. At his at his place, right? Doesn't he have a place? Yeah, in Chicago? Yeah, his place in Chicago, yeah. and he still plays. Unlike, you know, no disrespect to any of these musicians, but, you know, like Jerry Lee Lewis, some of these guys in their later years, BB King even, it was oh, rough. That was, a, did it, you see that one video with like John Mayer and like Derek Trucks and BB uh -huh. King and you're just sitting there and it was like before, I mean, it was a few years before he died, but I mean, you could see like he wasn't. It's like, you, I mean, it's you, the saddest. It's shit. the deterioration of your body. It, right, it right. goes. He's fucking you know, eighty with diabetes. Yeah, we can't Give all him a be. Break. Uh, Let him sit down, man. Keith he's Richards, man. Uh, he's, just, <laughs> well, he's just a freaking nature. Yeah. He's just will never die. But uh, you know, it's so back to Greta. So Van you Sleet. love you love bands that steal other bands' styles, and that's your shit. <laughs> not not necessarily. <laughs> I, I love I love ones that that will bring. The opportunity there will be a gateway. Yeah, I to the ones before you know, like Oasis, man. Those guys. I once heard it was jokingly in an interview. Those those two brothers, the Gallagher's, were really snarky mm. always. And yeah, Dicks. somebody. Yeah, yeah, very, very arguably so. Yeah. Um, somebody asked them because they one of their big hits, uh, "Don't Look Back in Anger," starts with "Imagine." It's oh. like straight up the piano part from Magic. I, I know exactly what's on. And they they ask Noel about it, and they're like, you know, why would you do that? And he's like, well, why should I bother taking the time to write something new when somebody already <laughs> wrote something perfectly good? Uh, but you see, I respect that more than I can respect a band like Greta Van Fleet, who's who is obviously informed and you know yeah. by Led Zeppelin. And then to deny, it. I mean, like I respect Noel Gallagher's little dick, little remark, uh, saying, "Yeah, I fucking ripped it off because why am I gonna sit around spending my time?" Well, and I think he meant it very, yeah, you know, in of a course. witty sense, because um, he really was the brains behind that band that that made them. the The other brother, the singer, was the one that was kind of the off his rocker. He was the wild card, right? He would be the yeah. guy who was like... The one that said he was like sick for their unplugged performance. Yeah, and he was up there. And he sat in there and he's... No, he's, he was like yelling. He's like, you oh. suck! And stuff like yeah. hassling his brother who's... Yeah, wasn't... He was in the audience though, right? Mm -hmm. He was heckling. Heckling from, the, from fucking, the balcony. See, that's just some dick move shit right there. Those dudes right? were crazy, man. But, hey, they... I mean, they could write some but songs, yes, right? But yes, I think uh, as far as Greta, Greta Van Fleet goes, they, they ought to own up to it. Um, I can understand what I mean. You got to remember when these kids hit the 
the airwaves are like 19. Yeah. And they don't have like a PR guy being like, no, listen, that's a bad idea. People are going to be super pissed and off. And now they're like just sticking with it. Like, why would just you like, just like, oh, yeah, it's just like, and they'll come around, you know, and I give them another. Their first album's great. They're, they put out a full album. It's okay. Hmm. Um, well, and I think know, they were trying so hard not to sound like Zeppelin yeah. on it, just to fight well, that. I was just actually just over this last weekend. I played a gig and they had the 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 album going. And I was like, this has to be Greta Van Fleet because I don't really know him. I'm not fan. Like I'm completely turned off by the fact by what we just right. talked about. <laughs> right. uh, but the I was debate. listening and I was like, okay, that's cool. But it still was like Led Zeppelin light. I I was just still sitting there like you know these songs are solid songs mm-hmm. but like this is just Led Zeppelin light and it's yeah. just hard for me to get past that shit. Well, and I'll <laughs> never I'll never put them you know I wouldn't dare put them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame next to Zeppelin or anything, <laughs> right. but no, oh, but they bring their they bring the heat you know they got they got something and we you know we got to compare it to name five other rock bands that are making some really great melodic music right now. Foo Fighters. Okay. Um, I'm out. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm sure I could dig some up, but, like, on this moment right now... I just, right, like, I but, really like, you you know, if you were to ask somebody that in 1975, they'd be like, yeah. Queen, Rush, Stones, Who, you Hendrix. Have, you're just like... You don't have enough fingers, right? Yeah, just quick. You know, so so when... You know, I've got that, or I've got, you know, um, Twenty One Pilots. <laughs> Bring on the Credit Van Fleet, man. <laughs> My niece loves Greta, uh, the Twenty One Pilots. She's fourteen, but yeah, yeah. That's the only reason why I even know who the Twenty One Pilots are is because I have a niece. So. <laughs> I t- you know, I teach kids that are all high school kids, and um, they're all love that. Yeah, they they get into it, and um, they're one of those where. I mean, I guess this is an interesting conversation to have too. The like electronic sequence stuff going on in music. I don't hate electronics. Mm. I despise people who use pre-programmed mm. stuff. Um, you don't like people playing to their MP3. Yeah, man. That's <laughs> kara- dude. That's that's karaoke. Yeah. Like, um, which has its place, but mm. don't you dare sell me a $60 ticket to go see some guy play drum karaoke to a backing track, you know, hire a band. Um, No, no, you're right. Uh, But I mean, considering that they are like in that realm of hip hop, they can still sort of float in between the DJ and the fucking, and the rapper. So like, but dude, they uh, have sort of great guys in hip hop. Like, Anybody go look up Jay Z like, live with the roots, yeah. Or no, with Tony Royster Jr. on drums. Holy crap, dude! That guy's unbelievable. Yeah, you know. Um, uh, I I had a, I had a friend, Bobby Lewis, who played with uh, he played bass with uh, Snoop Dogg and uh, who did he start out with? Um, shit, who did he start out with? I can't remember, but he was from Detroit. Yeah, Detroit man. Detroit player went out went out west and. 
now he's a found fuck, a gig. He's a badass. And he comes from a family of badasses. So fuck him. He's uh, like <laughs> like if musical royalty, like on the musicianship, if there mm-hmm. could be such a thing, it would be his family. Yeah. And they're also like they also like they're like the patriarch of the family is also like a minister at this like huge black church in L.A. with sure. like, where like stars attend and stuff. So like oh, they're just all connected, and they're all like all of them are like in the backing bands of like the best uh, well, dude, artists out there. Right some now. of the, especially with drummers and I assume bass players, I just don't know them as well. Like one of the finest hip hop R and B funk drummers out there is a guy named Aaron Spears, mm. um, who got big. Um, I guess if I'm correct, I might be wrong on the details, but as I understand it, was discovered by Usher at oh, like a, a Baptist church in Atlanta, like yeah. one of those huge ones, oh, thousands of people. Those at church kids have and a leg up on everybody, just he, so much. Oh man, there's, there's so much. It's it's unbelievable, and Aaron Spears is phenomenal, and he he was probably one of those kids who was like four, just like blah, 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 oh dude, blah, blah. it's like when you see those oh, fucking four year olds just hitting it like the big it's boys. Unbelievable. Woo. There's this video, of this this kid playing bass, and he's playing like Jocko stuff. Is that and he's like the six. Kid, is that the kid who has his little sister too? They do stuff together. I haven't seen him with anybody else. My. There, there's this kid, and and then he has sisters, a badass too, and they just <laughs> put out like funk covers. I I do. I I'll have to look that up. I saw the one with Jocko, and I mm. you know immediately was like, do I go practice or do I quit forever? Uh, <laughs> Bury my head in my fucking pillows and just that kid's. I'm I'm six times older than that kid. I'm not half the musician. He and that's what, what that's coming back to like some people are just meant they just to get it that and like they have it from the time that they're just they're, they they get pooped out of the vagina and they just they're born with that in their system you know and right, it's just, they go that's it's unbelievable it um, it's a it, 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 it is disconcerting for people who've been <laughs> going at it for very many for a good amount of time and it's encouraging though too because course. it's like and and like everyone everything's to gonna be all right <laughs> exactly because you know? that's the next generation that guy's coming up yeah um yeah man uh so i, I i've been trying this new question and i really well yeah. it's not really a question it's a thing that i kind of do and discussion topic or no it's well it kind of okay so it's 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 kind of weird it's not that weird honestly it's not that weird and you'll learn a little bit about yourself at the end of okay it. so i I'm, I'm reading it so i don't fudge it up uh, just let me find it here because I am just... Okay, here we go. It's in my notes. Okay, so we'll start here. Uh, if you had to choose one quality in your life that made life worth living, um, what would it be? And it could be tangible or intangible. Ooh, that is a that is a good one. I like the question, and just so I give credit where credit is due, and this is actually a technique I think they use in therapy or something. But, but I got it from a book by Neil Strauss, who is a uh, he's a journalist for the Rolling Stones, and he's done book. He wrote the books with Marilyn Manson and Motley Crue. Okay. But he also did this other book called The Game, which is about pickup artists and um, how and like it basically lays out their technique. And huh. this is what how they'll. Uh, this is one of the approaches to get laid. So oh, <laughs> so here you okay. go. But it 
don't let that. Are you coming on to me? You, well, <laughs> you did invite me over to your home. Right. You did buy me a smart water. I did. It has electrolytes, everybody. Yeah. So, um, okay, but so so I'll, I'll say so, the question one yeah, more time please. so you can hear it. And it, it has nothing to do really with sex. It, I mean, no, it could, no, no, no. It could have something to do with sex, I guess. No. Uh, if you had to choose one quality in your life that made life worth living, uh, what would it be? And tangible, intangible. Tangible. One of each or just... It can be it either. It can be either. One. Tangible. One quality. Um, I guess it would be trust. Trust. Cool. Yeah, man. Because like... Well, hold on. Before you get too oh, there's far... More. Into, there's more to it. There's so, more. Like, before we get too far okay. into trust, trust. But we'll come back. We'll circle back. So... If you have trust in your life, um, what are the kinds of things you that would uh, what would that allow you to do if you if you had trust more trust in your life? Um, if I had more trust for for more people, I guess it would allow me to um, maybe kind of, for lack of a better term, spread my wings a little bit further. Um, because it, it, it kind of knowing that like if if you fall there's a there's something there yeah. to catch you um and i suppose if people had you know more trust for me it would allow me to um take risks to better serve them in the capacity to be a better son friend bandmate whatever mm. you know um and, and and i don't want to say that i don't have any but right 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 but, but i i think that the more you have the more you can do those things so you have you have trust and mm-hmm. you're able to be that better person and, and you're able to do the things you were just talking about and and uh, because you have a lot of trust in your life Knowing that you can do that, what what is the feeling that that gives you that you would able to implement trust like this with your life, and you're able to accomplish these things you were just talking about? Like the what is just that feeling that you have thinking about having this in your life? And having, well, I think I mean, I think it's uh, safety. Safety. So and, that it gives you a feeling of safety, comfort. Yeah, I comfort. mean, I think. Um, you know, without that, without trust, you can't have love. Hmm. Without trust, you can't have friendship. Without trust, you can't even buy something at the store. Yeah. You know, um, I think that, uh, and and I think that, um, how do I say this? What what can you accomplish more of? I, I, I think... Um, Wow, this is a good one, man. Um, I think I do have to pay you now. This is like a <laughs> no, session. no, well, <laughs> no. I wanted you to finish your thought, but no, no. But, but, so this is where we're say getting. say that again. Say that again. So, so well, you already answered it. Okay, okay, you, fair you're done. <laughs> you don't have to like muster okay. up anything else because what this is is a core value uh, uh-huh. test. I guess I don't know. Sure, that sounds shitty test i don't know why but 
Um, so it's just sort of something to mark your core value, which is comfort, which is yeah. like you want to be comfortable in life. So I'm just I'm just curious is um, how have you had like problems with trust that's made you uncomfortable in the past um, that like kind of makes you want that or yearn for more of it? Um, and you don't have I to mean, be specific. Like, no, you don't no, have to no, be no, like, no. Sheila broke my fucking heart. She fucked my brother. It was terrible. Uh, no, Why did you bring no. this up? <laughs> um, no, no, no. It can be. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I, I think that uh, find me a 35-year-old who hasn't had their trust broken and hasn't broken somebody's trust. Right. And, and I'll tell you that they're lying. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, even Jesus <laughs> broke fucking trust when he was a kid. It's, so I mean, don't even it, act it, like it's impossible. Sweet. But I think that it can be, depending on who you are and how you handle those and how how you know that's something that definitely deeply affects me. Um, have you have you had like trust issues in your life? I've I've I've. I've had that uh, happen before and and I've um I've broken people's trust before yeah. and and while well, face value you would think that it was worse when um somebody broke my trust it was actually quite the opposite um it's worse it was worse when I've broken someone else's trust because um you know, sometimes it, it, it's permanent. Yeah. You know, and uh, you can't come back from that. And, and um, you know, one of my j- struggles is that I have a very hard time, like, putting things in the past in the past, letting go of things mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. And most of those things are things that I regret. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you can kind of pretty easily – um, recall how it felt when you broke someone's trust, when right. you disappointed them. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I, it, it's, it's really, it's not like a, I'm a, I'm living a life where I've just, I'm the kid from Charlie Brown that where it's always raining on his head and <laughs> you know, nobody, nobody ever does me right. And stuff. Yeah, I have yeah. wonderful loving people all over my life that, that do. And, um, and I've had forgiveness when I have broken people's trust and I've forgiven when people broke my trust. But, but I think that it's a, so many other things you might want to experience rely on that. Yeah. Um, because if, if it wasn't about that, we'd all just go live in a house by ourselves in the woods. Right. Right. Because yeah, you have to be able to trust somebody with your heart and your secrets and your whatever. Yeah. And you know, I trust, I trust somebody to take care of my dog when I go on vacation. Mm -hmm. I trust my employers to pay me as, as per agreed upon, (laughs) you know, when I accepted the job and they trust me to show up on time and do my Mm -hmm. job and, and everything you do out there, you know, I, I, I trust the maintenance guys here to make sure that the water keeps running and the electric company that when I give them money, they'll keep my electricity on and the, the grocery stores to not sell me bad food. And you know, like <laughs> yeah, everything the- you do is based on that. I trust my car that it's 
the brakes are going to work. Right. You I trust the, the guy in the next lane. He's not just going to start cruising over. <laughs> right. <laughs> Whenever right. he feels like it. <laughs> yeah. Knock Welcome to Toledo, way. everybody. It's every single... I've, I always tell people, if you if you remember that old Nintendo game, uh, Paperboy. I do, yeah. I feel boy. like I'm playing that when I drive around Toledo. You are done. <laughs> so wait for that, you know, like, that errant lawnmower that's going was, in circles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, um, the, you know, I, I find even more offensive drivers that is, is Michigan. Michigan has very offensive drivers to the point where (laughs) the other day I saw it happen. It was, it was kind of incredible. Actually. It was like, this guy was, um, okay. So like everybody's going 80 already on the 23 South and, and this dude fucking just runs up on this dude. So like both sides, you know, there's cars. The fast lane is you, you can't get around. Is what I'm saying. So this this dude rides. Okay, there's like three or four people in front of him, and he rides each and every one of their asses, flashing his brights at them like manically until they get out of his way and i mean i mean to give the guy credit they move the fuck out of his way (laughs) but like i see that all the time they're like these super aggressive drivers who ride your ass and then will flash their lights at you and like i'll be in the slow lane like homie i'm not doing any like i got cruise control on Mm -hmm. i'm not going any faster and these people they're like dude there's a passing lane so I just you know that was a little tangent on Michigan drivers. <laughs> sure, nah, Michigan wonderful people. Just yeah, bad love, love you all. <laughs> you <Yeah>. too, Drew. <laughs> even even Drew. Hey, even I'm, Drew. I'm, I'm, I'm a Michigander. I'm from Michigan. Oh, yeah. Originally, yeah. Uh, Adrian, Adrian, Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, that little that little place there. I, oh. Now I play there regularly. Actually, it's that's fun. awesome. Yeah, I mean it's weird, <laughs> but it's yeah, it's cool, man. So, oh, uh, did, did you have a, you mentioned sort of comfort and that's sort of like your core, that's supposed to be like one of your core values here. So like, did you find yourself, I don't know, did you find yourself in, uh, you find yourself as like an anxious kid or are you an anxious oh, person man. who um, like poof. dreads certain things? I mean, like, wow, did, dude, is there a lot of uncomfortable moments? Are you ready life? to unpack all that? No, I'm just kidding. No, um, it's okay. I mean, no, no, I, I, I'm not, you know, it's, it's really funny. Um, I, I am an extremely anxious person. Yeah. Um, I um, probably experience, you know, uh, I'll reference music first, extreme stage fright. Wow. Extreme stage fright. Is that why you were a drummer? So you can hide? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, and I'm <laughs> short too, man. I can just build that wall around me. Nobody can see me. That's no, why you're on the riser. You're the tallest one. It's um, like raining down your beats. But yeah, extremely, you know, one thing goes wrong and, you know, I, I relive it in my head a million times. I And, and I, I had two students tonight out of nowhere just bring this up to me. And, you know, and uh, it got me thinking about, you know, how to manage some of those things and, and, um, I'm still not very good at it. I'm, I'm a whole lot better than I used to be, but it comes from like, a. um, I guess you can say, and a lot of people will say this about themselves. Like, well, I'm a perfectionist as if that puts them on some kind of like ascended plane of being that they're, you know, well, I'm a perfectionist and you're just okay with being okay. And that's why you suck. And I'm awesome. That's not it. Yeah. It's, it's a blessing and a curse in a way. Um, mm-hmm. because there, there's got to be a balance, and when things don't lock in and go right, it, it, it just kind of this feeling 
it, it's not even a thought process. You can even think like, man, it's okay. It's, it's nothing's going to happen. Nothing's bad. But that, that just gut feeling just wells up inside you and it grows and it grows. And, and, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm an extremely anxious person that, um, very frequently, um, trying to find ways to, to combat that yeah. and to, um, to find, because I think anxiety can keep, it, it certainly can keep you from experiencing joy. Mm. Um <laughs> and serenity or or any of those, kind or of, or be a good player even like be your oh, best player be your best player yeah man I I don't you would never see it most of the time when we play as musicians uh, you know since we'll reference that part um if you were to like zoom in I my eyes are closed most of the time um and I find that when I see like videos played back I can see that's the only time I can really see myself let loose Hmm. is I close my eyes and I, you know, and sometimes I close my eyes and it's, I imagine I'm by myself in a room playing. Sometimes I close my eyes and I imagine I'm at Wembley stadium, you know, (laughs) filling in for Roger Taylor at at a queen concert, you know, um, depending on what the moment calls for and where I'm feeling that day. But, um, so I think that naturally when you, when you're wise enough, just wise enough to realize what, you struggle with you will look on the other half of that kind of like circle and look for the yin yin yang kind of thing and say okay well what's the complementary thing that negates this negative thing and it's trust and comfort yeah you know so it's uh so what are some of the things that you kind of combat that what are some of the things that you are doing that combat your anxiousness and um even your anxiousness with your playing with being a uh, stage fright well uh, the first thing i mean like what is, what would you tell your students if you if they're like well, and, and Mr. It, Mr. See, Fudgeka, I <laughs> how do I, just, I fix this? How, I, I'm, I just, you know, like I can play in my room all day and just fine. But as as soon as I get up in front of people at school, I, I just start shaking and and like uh-huh. it's just everything falls apart and I sweat and the girls make fun of me and my zits and then random boners. Yeah, like so, what what do I do? Voice man? is cracking. <laughs> I mean, well, Mr. Fudgeka, what do I do? Um, <laughs> So it's, it's, it, I, I kind of harken back to a piece of advice. I don't I like, know. I like your folksy, like harking back to it's, pieces of advice. It's, it's, it's a statement that I always make because it'll seem unrelated until I, until I drop That's back fine. in, but I'm going for it. there's a statement that I hear people say all the time that just infuriates me Oh my god! when they say I'm a bad test taker. And mm. I say, no, <laughs> you're not a bad test taker. There's no such thing. You were just not well prepared enough or comfortable enough with the material, mm-hmm. or you're bad at it. Yeah. Those are all realistic options, but you're not. There's no such thing as a bad test taker, um, because what I what I'll often do people are like, yeah, I am, and I'm like, what's two plus two? Four. What's five plus five? Ten. What's six plus six? Twelve. You're not a bad test taker because <laughs> you yeah. know that stuff. Yeah. So you just need to know it more. Yeah. And, and. You know, that kind of the 10,000 hour theory kind of plays into that. So I have to remind myself, it's like, well, there's there are only a few solutions to this problem. I need to go get better. Mm -hmm. I need to be better prepared. 
Um, and I'm going to need to accept, make wise decisions here where, and realize that maybe the thing in my head that I want to come out, I have to be smart enough to know that I can't do that yet. Knowing your limitations. Yeah. And, um, and making calculated risks. Um, mm-hmm. cause some, and, and when you make that, there's so much split decision stuff going on on stage that people don't realize. They're just like, man, that guy's back there happy and playing. It's like, you have no idea. I'm listening to <laughs> six things at the time. I got four limbs moving. And I'm also thinking about whether or not I unplugged the iron at home, <laughs> you know? And um, <laughs> so there's all that going on. And you have to make s- split second decisions, um, which is the, there's this wonderful TED talk by this really famous drummer, Jojo Mayer, who he calls it the distance between zero and one. And he, a lot of the music that made him famous was kind of emulating like drum and bass music with live musicians. Mm. And he talks about the difference between him doing that and a drum machine. And he's like, well, the drum machine's pre-programmed zero one off on. Mm. He's like, but I get to exist in that space in between because i can make decisions mm-hmm. i can change it live Ooh, like which is a cool concept it's yeah, like a 20 totally. minute thing uh the guy's brilliant probably the i'd make list him as the second best drummer of all time behind oh. buddy rich i mean he's just oh. phenomenal um so you're saying buddy rich is better than gene krupa is yeah, that what yeah you're saying? hands that down what you're saying? but buddy rich wouldn't be buddy rich without gene krupa but okay. you know I got it's you. lebron james michael jordan better yeah. than michael jordan but michael you wouldn't be there without Michael Jordan. So, um, and somebody will come along and dethrone him. And and so it's so on and so forth. Empires fall and rise. Right, right, right. (laughs) Constantine, you know, fell to, um, Julius Caesar, whoever. Um, but I, um, so, so you're making, you have to make calculated decisions. And, and part of that decision isn't just what do I do? But if I do this, can I accept what might happen if it doesn't go the way I want it to? Because right. you are dealing with, at the end of the day, physical muscles yeah. that sometimes fail you. <laughs> or sometimes you feel 10 feet tall and bulletproof when you're not. You're like, I can play that that fast. And you're halfway through the film and you're like, nope. How do I get out of this? Can I switch to five lits, 16th notes, you know, a four meter, a three? What do I do so this doesn't sound like I just gave up halfway through? <laughs> um, you know, and um, so with all those things going on, that, that can surely create some anxiety. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, and um, and it, it goes far beyond the stage, you know. It's, right. It's that way at work. I'm that way in personal relationships with, with people, you know, family who take your pick. Right. Um, I think that. I like to think of anxiety as like your conscience gone wild. Um, <laughs> it's it's your you know inability to kind of tamp that down and, and say, hold on, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> like enough's enough here. Let's well, let's just move on. And and like and, and the real the reality of it is it's just leftover shit from being hunted by not being on the food chain at the top of the food chain. It's from being like part of the food chain when yeah. you know this is left over in our genes from when we're hunter gatherers like murdering animals with our bare hands yeah. <laughs> or being murdered and mauled and Absolutely. so like these 
anxiety these these pings that go off or is this like is that is that is that bush moving because there's a tiger in it waiting to jump out and maul me or is the wind just blowing it so it's just so these, these things are, are, are they they are biological here to imperatives yeah. if you will but we uh-huh. don't have to do that for food anymore and so no. we just are like these these anxiety balls that don't have any sort of release to to yeah so a lot of it gangs up and i'm a victim of it too i'm a victim (laughs) but (laughs) i I have terrible anxiety as well and so i i'm mostly interested in how you combat that and that and it seems like it's like just being prepared (laughs) well it would be um, but you can't always know what you're doing in life you know like when you're going into it no i I mean how you react to it the 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 thing that i think that makes um, anxiety. I mean, I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that, you know, every, let's say there, there's like the model human as they should be created. Mm-hmm. Everything that's different about all of us is just a variance from that like biological blueprint, you know, and that's, this is not something that I necessarily came up with. I've heard yeah, things yeah, like me, this. Yeah, me too. But yeah, with my shit, with the hunter gatherer. Whatever. You're, you're tall. I'm short. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's thousands of years of evolution <laughs> that have caused yeah. us. Well, things like that, you know, the, the, the part about being anxious and stuff that's tough to fight is that your brain can know everything that's the correct answer mm-hmm. and that feeling in your stomach won't go away. Right. It'll keep you up at night. It'll make and, and 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 it steamrolls itself. It starts to double down on itself, and you know because I'm anxious, I made another stupid decision, mm-hmm. and I said the wrong thing here, and I did the wrong thing there, yeah. and then and then you've just dug yourself in a hole, and and maybe you broke somebody's trust, <laughs> uh, you know. I've done it all. <laughs> so right, right. So it's like, and and then you got to f- figure out how to forgive yourself. Yeah. And you get anxious about that because you still feel sick to your stomach. So it can be, so Uh you really start to have to find a way. It's, it's, um, I guess the best way I can describe it is I, I like to think of like the, the wheel on the price is right. Mm. right? And it's, it's like Thor himself, like came down and just grabbed that wheel and spun it as fast as possible. And, and you just need to get it to stop for a second (laughs) and say, okay, Let's start here. Right. But it's it's going so fast and it keeps going faster and faster mm. sometimes. And that's that's where things can spiral out. So you got to find a way, something that maybe the, that helps to sl- – where are your brakes yeah. for that, you know? Yeah. And if I knew the answer to that, I'd be a rich, rich man. Right, right. Uh- <laughs> no, it, but like – and that's the thing. Like no one's going to have the answer for – the uh, the the overall answer to cure everything, right? No, no one's no. going to ever have the cure-all. It's just like what are these like tools that you use to sort of curb it? Uh, do you get angry easily about certain things or is um, it mostly just worry? It's – um. Cause I, mine is anger, like, which is just, it all is linked together. It's just, it's yeah, just, I'm, I'm messing that way. Um, I'm not oh, saying definitely. that's what you are. No, no, I, d- I definitely do. I definitely, curious. I have a, I've got a, I've got a temper about things. Mm. Um, now are you one of those people who are like very vocal about how you're feeling or do you yeah. just like sort of, okay. So you don't, you don't sit there and just stew about, or, or you do stew about, and then you unleash it. Well, it, it all, it all depends on when the opportunity <laughs> presents itself. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm really good about not unleashing it like 
omnidirectionally. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, I, I'm not one that will often lash out at you loved know, ones or just random people. Loved ones because I had a bad day elsewhere. Right. But me, <laughs> I will if it's the person. Yeah, you know, I, I I've been told by many people like that. Man, you're awfully confrontational. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not afraid to say to somebody like, absolutely not. I'm yeah. not going to stand here for that. You're not going to do, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't mean I'm right when I do that. <laughs> it, it certainly doesn't mean I'm right. In fact, God, I wish I were right more often. Right. Um, yeah. You, I'd have a whole have... lot less to be anxious about. Right. Um, <laughs> so. All those trusts that I break <laughs> with that shit. Yeah, man. Um, but I also don't believe in, um, one of my, one of my absolute best friends in my life, his name's Dan. Um, he's actually from when I was very young we're pretty close in age. He's a, a former student of mine and we became friends after he graduated high school. And you know, I was his best man in his wedding. And I remember one time we got into something like an argument. Um, and we're like screaming at each other over the phone. We get done talking and like his wife calls me, you know, I've known her for a very long time as well. And she's like, are you guys okay? And I'm like, yeah, we're fine. And she's <laughs> like, I'll never understand you two. And I was like, well, that's, that's the crux of our relationship is that like he and I are the type that can be brutally direct with each other and not take it personally. But most of the world isn't like that. Mm. Um, and so I spent a lot of time like pulling back. Yeah. Like, dude, don't say, don't say this isn't Dan. You're talking. This isn't this person. Do not say that. <laughs> and and there's nothing wrong with that other person because they don't like that either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's convenient in the case of my friend and I because what takes some friends four months to resolve, we resolve in three minutes right. of brutal insults, horrible <laughs> things that we say to each other, and then it's like. All right, man. Well, I still love you. Good night. Yeah. Don't be an idiot again, you know, or I won't be an idiot the next time. Yeah. And, and it's done and we move on. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, I mean, I guess I combat it differently depending on the situation, depending on the, the person. I think it's, it's important to, you know, you have to remember that communication, um, and this is one of my pet peeves are people that don't speak and write well. Mm. Communication is not about you. Right. It's about mm. your audience. So you have to consider your audience. Um, you know, you don't go into a classroom full of kindergartners and use words like extrapolate. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you're like, okay, I'm going to talk more about this. Yeah. Exactly. And they go, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. That's all they need right then. Right. They don't need to understand the breadth of how I'm going to do that as you would with a, a you know, an audience of 35 year olds right. um, per se. So I think that that's, that's part of that too. And, and everyone, every bit of this, this learning comes from failures Failing, to yeah. do so. Um, and I guess that's, that's the whole human experiment is right. Are you, are you, are you smart enough to realize how stupid you are? And you are? <laughs> um, <laughs> and like, and there's like so many people are not, <laughs> they're just like, I'm the smartest motherfucker in here. Uh, it's, <laughs> I'm taking off my shirt, like, <laughs> pulling out my wiener. <laughs> right. I'm smart. 
Um, the, 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 now, those people who are super confident and who are idiots, those are the ones who are... Okay. What's frustrating about them? I'll say this last please. thing, and I'm going to request just a 30-second break real quick here. Oh, please. Those people are the happiest people. That's irritating. <laughs> Ignorance is bliss, right? Right. <laughs> do, do you got to go unload? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm use the bathroom real quick. I'm going to right back. Or maybe I'll just pause it. I'll just pause it because I have a pause button right here. Oh, and we are back and relieved. <laughs> Very much so. Uh, man, can you believe it's always, it's it's been an hour and forty minutes already? No, man, it's been it's been a joy. Yeah, me too, man. It's I nice lo- to I talk. Love, like, yeah, it, for it, the it, listeners out there, like Mike and I barely know each other. It's very true. It's uh, we kind of had our first like substantial conversation at a uh, a birthday party for yeah. a, a fellow musician, one of his bandmates, and a dear friend of mine, um, Drew Parent. Drew Parent. Shout out to Drew. Pew pew pew, Drew. <laughs> um, so, uh, so this is usually I, I usually ask this last question, and sure, I, it, it always turns into something else. So it's always <laughs> hard to say it's the last question. You know what? Actually, I'm going to ask you a different question, and then I'll ask you that question because okay. I like this question. As a, what is a weakness in your playing uh, that you've overcome in the past, or you're currently working on? So I always give the example. My left hand is dog shit on the piano, so <laughs> I, I constantly have to run drills and shit with it because it's it's just it's not there. It, my two hand sync patient is in the dirt. Um, so, um, yeah. So. My biggest weakness, I I, I don't want to say, uh, I have several as we all do. It's it's my left foot, and anybody that that drums. Um, will understand that like the hi-hat is so like if you listen to jazz especially the hi-hat is what actually keeps time mm-hmm. you know in rock and roll we have you know boom, cha, boom, cha, bass drum and, and snare drum on the backbeat but the the left foot um is is what keeps time in jazz stuff and there's a lot you can do with that and and it, it's funny because this is a discussion that i've probably had now maybe four times with with drew parent is it's like, dude, it's just so painstaking because we spent, uh, at least for me and maybe I assume him, spent so much time tending to our hands in the marching arts mm. and your feet, you know, on the beat, that that's part of it is your marching. And then otherwise, the other three, you know, not doing much with that left foot. So you, you've advanced yourself really far on those things and the other ones still like in kindergarten yeah and it's like dude i don't know if i want to read those like (laughs) kindergarten books this many and and work my way up through Uh, not not so much want to but god is it awful to have to go back and and be remedial with the other three limbs yeah to get that other one caught up right especially when you understand it in your head and the the muscles (laughs) just won't do it right so it that is that's my biggest one, and shortly followed by, um, just getting used to the uh, drum heads. It, it, they have like different tensions. Mm-hmm. So as you move around the kit, you get a different rebound. You get different touch. You get and just knowing how that is, especially with somebody like me, it's like oh, I got a new drum set. I'm gonna try these different heads. I'm gonna try this, and it changes everything. And so you're you're trying to figure all that out and then you're, you're changing the variables on yourself amidst <laughs> it's the stupidest thing ever. Um, 
but it's what you need to do if you're in pursuit of both the sound, the feel, the, right. the, all that kind of stuff. You know, I bought a new symbol, I bought all this. Just every, every part of it that you do and as you grow to, a, you know, for me it was growing to a place where I had at least enough financial freedom to like, I used to play the kid I played because it's all I had and it's all I was going to have. Mm. But now it's like, okay, I, you know, I, every so often I can squeak something out and, you know, buy a new symbol or something. and. Yeah. It, just creates a whole new set of problems and possibilities. <laughs> right, to right. Be positive, um, but uh, that's uh, that's surely my biggest uh, biggest weakness as a player. What What are some ways that people who are working on their left foot can sort of strengthen that? Uh, uh, and uh, I mean, is that something you can explain audio wise? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's what you do. Something we do. Um, it's a technique that a lot of us have learned through. Um, and when he says us, he means percussionists. Yeah. Um, through the marching arts, as we call it, gritting. So it's like, we'll start with something very simple, like 16 notes. One eanda, two eanda, three eanda, four eanda. So I can maybe play those on my, you know, let's just talk with like accents. I'd go through. The first measure, I would accent one, two, three, and four. The okay. next measure, I would accent all of the E's. Mm-hmm. Next measure, all the ands. Next measure, all the us. Then go to a two-beat mm. oscillation on that. So accent one E and a, or one, two, E of three, E of four, and of one, and of two, oh. uh of three, uh of four. And then down to one beat at a time. Well, I could maybe then take something like that and okay I'm, i'll play 16th notes in my hands and then play my left foot on each of those areas oh, and trying to and just just develop the coordination yeah. again it's just about getting the muscle memory comfortable mm. doing whatever so that you never say to yourself boy sure would be great if i could put the hi-hat on upbeats and then you try it and you drop a beat and and then you're anxious and your bandmates don't trust you and you're upset at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you let down all the ones you love. Right, And right. you just one big ball of anxiety fucking just traveling around the same fucking block in the bad neighborhoods in your head. Right. Hey, oh, so, we're doing things. So, yeah, that I mean, that's the best. So they're, they're definitely techniques, but they're, they're, they're extremely time-consuming and they're extremely boring. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the... That's the the conflict there. Uh, well, that was great, and, and thank you for being able to explain that. And, and I, uh, teachers, I, I love I love talking to music te- musicians who teach because they're able to uh, sort of take a. Co- I mean, that's not that complex of an idea, but I mean, it is a complex in action. And so, well, like, it, and, and I guess it is a complex idea to like sort sort of. But being able to distill it down so people can understand it, yeah, so you can and, tell a five year old. And that's that's yeah. the real. I mean, that's the real challenge of mm. teaching, not just music, teaching anything. Um, there's there's this episode, there's this sitcom that aired in the '90s. It's called Boston Common. And I don't know if anybody remembers it. I remember I'm sure this episode. There people out there and there's one. It was these people at Boston College, and they hung out in the Commons area, and they talked, and they became friends. And they were this one character. She was freaking out about her uh, communications final, mm. and it turned out to be a one question final. You know, where they're like writing it, just write about this. Yeah. And the, the question was what is the key to clear communication? And you see her stop and the, you know, it's obviously a sitcom. So quickly and think, 
and quickly write something down and then go hand the paper in. And at the end of the episode, it just shows what was written on the paper. And it was one word. It said brevity. And I'm, so I think that's uh, the key because I, I don't want to talk to the kids for a half an hour. Right. I want to talk to them very quickly, very concisely, and then get them to demonstrate that they understand it. Not that they've mastered it in right, 10 right. minutes, but okay, cool. So you now you know what you need to go home and do all week. So I've got to be, and they've got to remember it. Yeah. You know, and, and I've got to be able to remember it. So when they walk in the door, I'm like, okay, so how did this go? And, right. you know, um, and just those little, those little quick things, it, it, as simple as it can be and be accurate and informational, those are the best things. It's why we use acronyms. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we put dashes and phone numbers is manageable chunks of information important. (laughs) And, um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's certainly the product of, you know, I'm fortunate enough to spend, you know, 20 hours a week teaching students, um, almost 40 of them right now that I have. And, um, everyone, a unique challenge, every single moment of it and a unique, um, blessing or reward that I get from each of them. Um, and, but this is the way I found to be the most effective. Um, and I find that it affects how they start to do other things in their life. You know, people say like, man, they got in lessons and their grades are better. Yeah. I'm not in there tutoring them in English. Right. It's you're activating processes, how to, right. how to break things down into little chunks. Don't take the, you know, you're in a band. If you're going to tackle a tough tune, you don't say, like, all right, let's run it down. Let's go. It's like, all right, we're let's get Running over the, any mistakes, the, and we're going, we're just going to move past it. Run the intro. Yeah. And you run the intro a thousand times. Right. Run the next part, and then and you seam them together. You loop, you loop a certain section, just like, yeah, okay, yeah. keep so this It's, it's a process that uh, isn't, whether, like you said, it's, it's familiar to all of us. It's about whether you've had the good fortune to have the time uh, to sit down and think about how to better understand it and better explain it to people or whether you've needed to, you know, if you don't ever teach anybody anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you care? (laughs) Well, that's kind of, it kind of leads to what I was going to ask you then is like, have you noticed from, um, um, from your years of teaching and like distilling information down into like a very concise little pellet of information. <laughs> does that, does, uh, does that, do you, do you see that in the way you communicate with just like people you meet or like, yeah. you see that relative, like, has it changed? How has that changed communications with people for you? I mean, um, I, I mean, yeah. besides just distilling stuff down into a pellet of information. I mean, like what, what is that? what how, how have you seen that um affect your relationships and- um i mean positively and negatively and and it's only negative uh just like we were talking about just kind of that like brutal honesty yeah you, you tend to be you short have with to, people well yeah you have to tr- train yourself and 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 people have to be trained to receive <laughs> information at a certain distilled level or a certain concentration, you know, it's like, it's, um, and the results when, if you've distilled it too far, because either you have the experience or mastery that they don't, Mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason, uh, 
um, and and you give that to them and they're not prepared to receive it at that level, the first thing that you will feel is impatient. (laughs) 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 And so you, so you have to, you have to be prepared. You know, it's every conversation, every interactions, it's a, it's a feedback loop, Mm -hmm. you know, that iterates on itself. And you know, the Rob Ferguson, if he listens to this guy that he does matrix, he's at phantom regiment. Now, um, one of the most brutally honest and intense individuals I've ever met in my life always said this. He's like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. So if I say like, I need you to go file these papers and, and they go, well, where do I file? Them? I need you to go file these papers. Well, where do I file? You're creating a problem. You're right. expecting them to get it. It's like, okay, well, what do I, I got to take right. that feedback and reassess. And, and it's teachings just, it's like being a doctor. Uh, the way I think of it is you've got to, you know, identify the problem, um, assess the, you know, the reason, you know, identify, I guess, diag- diagnose the problem and then prescribe a solution. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things where you say, like, okay, cool, you know, I, you had these three problems. You had a bad hip, an irregular heartbeat, and a rash on your face. Well, okay, I got this one in here, and it fixed the regular heartbeat. You know, what do I need to do now? You know, and make sure that I don't recreate one of those. I, I got to yeah. find the thing that solves all those problems right. at once. and and um that's that's kind of just any kind of interaction i think mm-hmm. and and that's um so that's where things go negatively though is right, when right. you don't right reinterpret the feedback you got right because you can be like concise be like file these and then like wait where what and yeah and then just i told you to file yeah that's not solving any right. problems you're just sort of you're actually creating the problem you are the problem <laughs> now it's like this person doesn't know maybe that's their fault maybe they yeah, should know you've turned up a, a potentially depending on the other person you've turned a potentially simple thing like go put these papers in order in that drawer over there right. to like I'm unmotivated at work. Right. My feelings are hurt. He hates me. Yeah. I'm going to be late. I'm going to stay up to take late my this problems night. home with me. Uh, yeah. You know, and it's like, nah, man, I just like they just needed to go in that. Th- so just go in the thing, man. And, and <laughs> you need to realize how to, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you where. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I forgot. I haven't shown right. you that yet. Or like, or, or realizing like, you know, sometimes it's when you're teaching, like teaching kids rhythms, like I went through this tonight with a kid specifically, completely capable of counting rhythms. He's like, well, how does that go? And I was like, well, how does it go? (laughs) Yeah. You know, and he, and I got him through that and okay, how would you stick that, you know, rights and lefts? And he told me and I was like, dude, you got to stop coming in here and asking me to think for you. Yeah, I was like, I'll give you answers when you don't know it. But when you know it, and, and it was the, the best lesson I learned from my high school physics teacher, Dr. John Grafton. If you came up there fishing for him to just answer the question for you, he'd look outside and he's like, is it raining outside? But Dr. Grafton, I, da, 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 da. is the sky blue? And you just keep asking questions you knew the answers to. And, and eventually, you, 
and be like, all right, and sit back down, and you'd figure it out. And he won, you know? <laughs> he won. <laughs> because you learned the really important lesson. It wasn't about the physics problem. Right. It was about, the, like, hey, be self-sufficient. Right. Um, yeah. Where you can. And uh, So that that's kind of the goal is you, just, you always have to do that with anybody anywhere. So then would the positive be that it kind of makes you step back before you start launching <laughs> words out of your face? Is that sure? Kind of what? Sure. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, I'm human like anyone else, and I, yeah. you know, <laughs> overshoot, undershoot sometimes on those things. But you know, um, the, the positive is that it creates an awareness mm. of that, that process. And once you become aware of that process, you're, unless you're stupid, you're destined to become better at it and be more successful at it. Um, doesn't guarantee your success by any means. And, um, you know, it depends on the willingness to accept and to, to do and the motivation of the other person on the other end or other people on the other end too. Um, you know, um, but there, I think there's, I think there's just a definite positive in, in awareness, awareness, responsibility, you know, um, to your audience, to your, you know, what coworkers to your, whatever, yeah, whatever, you know, um, your students, um, just, just being conscious and, and paying attention. Just, just being mindful is, is like, yeah. that's like, I think. Cause you want to, you want to be better. You want to, yeah. you know, it's so rarely about the actual task, you know, it's like, you want to help somebody, you know, I think all people, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. I think people are generally want to be good. Yeah. I think they do. And if you want to be good, you want to help people. And sometimes you want to help too much and you're overbearing. Um, I think that's the case more often than like you are, you don't want to be helpful. Mm. You know, I think when people don't want to be helpful, it's not always, it's not always self-serving. It's, Maybe they lack the energy. Yeah. And maybe they don't know why they lack the energy. And so they just say, like, I'm so tired of having to tell you this. Yeah. Why don't you understand? And now there's all kinds of hurt feelings. And and so yeah. you, you have to, you have to, um, I don't know, kind of just kind of be aware of that. And I think it can be an extreme positive and make you a better communicator, which will make you a better you know, husband, wife, spouse, father, son, daughter, manager, create employer. trust and comfort, comfort <laughs> and all those kinds of things. See, it all comes back to that. Core Does, values, baby. Doesn't it? Core and I, this was not prepared. Like put me on the spot with that question. Um, <laughs> There's no way to prepare for this. <laughs> no, no, no. It wouldn't be any fun if we were. Um, so yeah, man, I think that's, that's kind of where I, you know, like communication right now is kind of what I'm working on because, and, and, and in every book that I read is like the number one thing is just being mindful of what's coming out of your face. It's like, yeah. you know, and what you're doing, you know, like what, you know, how you're moving your face or how, mm -hmm. you know, like just being mindful, self-aware. And, and I think a lot of problems in this world stem from people just not being self-aware. They're just fucking, they're just running, blah, 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 saying whatever they want and like not really thinking it through. Yeah, man. And you know, either spread bad information or just you know just being mean malicious not even realizing what they're you know i think a lot, going on. a lot of it you know i um i always think about the first amendment the right to free speech 
here in the United States, First Amendment. The right to speak freely is does not absolve you of the consequences of your free speech, <laughs> right. you know? Right. And I think we've lost a little bit of that um, yeah. awareness. And, and I actually, there's a book that I read um, and I, it saddens me how many people, when I mention this book because of who it's written by and, and what's been written about him, that they won't even give it a look. It's probably the most important piece of literature I've read in my Is entire life. Is it the Mormon life. Bible? No, no. Is it Scientology? Is, no, it's definitely a Scientology. Oh, man. <laughs> it's Dude, Dianetics. I, I, I dove hard into that, that Leah Remini's uh, show about oh, Scientology. Oh, she's so, so, she's It was so, so interesting, man. I had no idea how what deep that it was goes, yeah. holy crap dude did you see going fun. clear and shit going oh yeah it led me to that yeah and, i mean i can know that mike the other guy that that was like the the second in command yeah yeah david miscavige his own parents had to sneak out yeah you know that's yeah crazy. yeah the parent did you uh do you listen to joe rogan at all the oh yeah oh yeah yeah so this is how i his, discovered yeah leah that me too no the guy that wrote the book i'm oh. about to tell you about okay please his name's jordan b peterson oh jordan peterson yeah his okay. book 12 rules for life yeah. um an antidote to chaos uh i've read it three times i've listened through it uh, spoken he's talking about like keep your room clean and that, shit, that's right? the yeah. first that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, no the first chapter is called stand up straight which is with your shoulders right. back you know get your room in order mm-hmm. um they have these clever titles you know if you see a cat in the street pet it don't bother a kid while he's skateboarding there are all these like wonderful analogies um and you know he's unfortunately been politicized because when he uh, often he gets asked to come onto these panels and speak and he speaks about um he became famous because of bill c16 in canada which was the one um the compelled speech law that said that you can be fined and stuff if you refuse to call somebody by their preferred gender and he he comes out very clear and says he's like i'm happy to do so to be polite and considerate but I won't be forced because that's a slippery slope. Who gets to decide it? Mm-hmm. You know, and we, we could dive into that subject and that that's not the point. The point is that people are so stuck on that mm-hmm. and their poor interpretation of that. They're missing out on a guy that I really believe to be the, the, the next, you know, we had Carl Jung and BF Skinner and all these and, and, and Freud, he, I think he's the next one in that discussion, in that lineage of these mm-hmm. these psychologists that really brought some important things to light, and people just won't listen to him. Right, and they're they're so like fine. You don't like what he has to say about Bill C sixteen. I don't care. Yeah. Pretend the book was written by your mother, your brother. <laughs> just read the words that are there, mm-hmm. and um, and take them to heart because it it really helped me turn a lot of corners. You know, I was somebody that was willing to have, I've never had a dirty apartment, like, you know, bugs and things like that, but I had clutter Mm. in my life. And you don't realize how much physical clutter, how much value there is to making your bed in the morning. Um, Things like that. And so, you know, that that book really got me thinking. And, And then, it naturally, when you get rid of the clutter, it frees up time to think about other things and yeah. take notice of other things. And it kind of just steamrolled into a, a more productive, uh, hopefully kinder, more generous, helpful uh, person that, that 
there's lots of work to do for those of you that know me that are listening you're like wait a minute buddy don't you, get ahead of yourself why are you acting um, <laughs> like you're, this, you're a fucking patron saint of fucking sanity. yeah no no it's, it's not, yeah not that not that at all but that book is phenomenal and i would recommend you read it well yeah i think i'm gonna have to now i mean because especially because i i am a big fan of joe rogan and and a big fan of yeah of Jordan Pe- when Jordan Peters is not I'm like oh sweet I like I like hearing their discussions dude the guy is just brilliant yeah um him and, and Sam Harris man oh Sam those Harris is crazy dude, you got to listen to those the discussions they had they uh were, oh on uh one of their podcasts right they did. no 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 they recently so Jordan Peterson just finished up a tour an international tour didn't they tour together right weren't they no they did two nights okay. where they discussed and th- what they were discussing you know because Sam Harris is a um neuroscientist right but he's a, he's an atheist yes okay and so they were discussing where values come from okay. and you know Jordan Peterson takes the stance that that's why we need religion. He's like, I don't, you know, he kind of says, I don't care if there actually is a God. Mm-hmm. He's like that, that whole schema, that's where we get it from and right. we need it. Right. Sam Harris says, no, it's just built into us and we just have to unlock it. Right. Um, and so it's just a, it's a wildly fascinating and friendly uh, and kind discussion yeah. between two guys that, you know, set aside their personal beliefs and are able to just take opposing stances and, and, and concede to each other. No, like and, and the important part, and this is something that we're losing everywhere in society is that they're in person. There's opportunity for clarification. Mm. You know, we don't get that on social media. We don't get where people, <laughs> and it's just like, no, and you're shut down and it's over. And you don't get a chance to say, no, 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 that, that's not what I meant. Uh, let me try again. Yeah. Um, and, and they do that in front of a live audience and it's, it's brilliant. You yeah. know, and jo- Joe Rogan, man, that's, he is, uh, they always, they all refer to him as like the king of the podcast. Yeah. His, well, they call him the Oprah of the podcast. All the people, there are <laughs> lots of people he's had on that I love and I've, that I've watched on other things mm-hmm. and the most fascinating discussions nine times out of 10 they've had have been on there and it's people from you know ben shapiro steven crowder mm. um who Dave is Rubin. who is like uh crowder is a republican right he's like, yeah so is ben shapiro is yeah yeah ben shapiro one, they're both know, like very conservative, conservative podcast but, but they can go on this they podcast on jo- and have a, a well logical and, and what happens when you get him on a platform with somebody like joe who's who's you know pretty libertarian left-leaning sometimes you Unless you're stupid, you sit there and say, like, wait a minute. Neither of these guys are necessarily wrong. Mm. You know, and and something that he and Ben talk about, and one of them I love, is he's like, he says, Joe, like, this is great because we're having the, we're arguing the best points from both sides. He's like, I'm just tired of hearing the bad ones. Right. He's like... Stop you! Stop using the ones that are just nonsensical. Right. This one, he's like, you and I disagree. He's like, but at least you can make a case right. for you. And you know that he did one. I mean, I would urge people to listen to. Joe took tons of flack for two of them that he's done recently, and I found them to be some of the most fascinating podcasts. Uh, the first one he did was Ted Nugent. Ted people Nugent. were pissed that he was having Ted Nugent on. 
And once you got, th- you broke through a little bit of the barrier of Ted, you know, being Motor City Madman that yeah. he is and stuff. You learn a lot about the guy that he's like, man, he's seventy years old. He looks like he's fifty, and it's because he's healthy. Yeah, he doesn't eat processed foods. You're like, okay, there's stuff to. Yeah, you don't like cat scratch fever, or his stance on the military. Fine, <laughs> but there's something to be learned from him. Yeah, you know. Um, Bet you don't look that good when you're 70, <laughs> you know, and yeah. and maybe maybe we should take some advice from him. And then he had Roseanne uh, Barr on, yeah, and she talked about a lot of stuff, and and they were both wildly fascinating. And they're people that have just taken some serious like levels of vitriol from the public court of public opinion, yeah. And Joe stills like, no man, I'll, I'll have him on here, and it was fascinating because he has that long form uninterrupted beholden to no one right platform that we're using right now exactly and, and <laughs> you know like that a, a big part of my show is based on his show um that and mark maron's show. oh yeah no. <laughs> uh, fuck it, uh what the fuck which is an awesome show uh no but that roseanne show was interesting because and he still is like defending her is like uh i think it's important that he points out that this is a woman who's had serious brain damage as a child who has had mental problems who has drug addiction and she's a comic as well so she just as is he right exactly and 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 that kind of gives them socially i guess a license to sort of be to bend the rules of whatever social norms or whatever the shit that we're in now um but I think the important thing is that his point now is like we should take into consideration who this person is and not just be like, this is what they did and define them by their mistake. But like maybe we should define them by who they are and where they come from. Well, and I think there's, you know, there's a, a passage that I don't know if it's in the, in the you know, I, I'm not practicing religious or anything. If it's a passage in the Bible or the, I, you know, grew up. Mike's made a few like jokes about uh, Mormons, and I, you know, I grew up in that in that church. You want to be ashamed, baby? Say no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. Um, And there's a statement on there. It's you know, you should forgive for seventy times seven, which doesn't mean that you keep uh, you know a list and like, oh, well, that was four ninety one, so no more (laughs) forgiveness. Means you're always supposed to forgive people, and um, we sure have forgotten a lot about that. Like you know. Maybe the best thing that could happen, like, that's how we find out where the line is. Mm. Somebody, if no one ever crosses it, you don't know where it is. Right. You know, and I think of, you know, two literary works that that hearken to a world that, that we seem to be wanting to head towards um, Anthem by Ayn Rand and the, and, and for the, the kids version of that is I like to call it the giver by Lois Lowry mm. where it's a world. Everything's black and white. Nobody does anything wrong. Nobody does anything right. There's no feeling. Everything's decided for you. It's vanilla. Nothing offensive ever gets said. Nothing, you know, you gotta, if you want to experience the highest of the highs, you got to understand that that comes with a correlating <laughs> low of the lows. And, so, you know, when somebody toes the line, we got to say, whoa, not cool, man or lady. Don't do that again. Yes. Maybe. And, and, and when you say that, you don't have to say you need to apologize. You need to, you say, well, and, and they they're going to think. And 
they're going to apologize mm. or they're not. And then you know what kind of person they are. Yeah. So what happened to us not forgiving each other once in a while? I'm not saying I'm like perfect at that, but yeah. we sure don't. I mean, we want to take one thing and just ruin people's lives <laughs> over yeah. stuff. And what a, you know, it's all, like the stuff that we heard growing up, like people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, mm-hmm. you know, um, let he is who has, what is it? Committed no sin, cast the first stone. Yeah, yeah. For whatever ideology you believe in, there's something in there that tells you like you got to forgive people. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, because if you're not walking, if you're walking around just like holding grudges against every person that has ever done anything wrong, you'd be like this very lonely, miserable person. Like, what what kind of life is and that? One might make a, a an argument that we are on large a bunch of lonely miserable people you know i i as much time as we spend communicating with our friends on our phones it's we it's are doing it in a very lonely space alone in a crowd man yeah you know um there's you know if somebody offered me as convenient as all this stuff is and here you are whoever's listening you're listening probably on your iphone or your android somebody gave me a button and said can would you like to get rid of smartphones in an instant wow in an instant i in fact i i was proud that my screen time was up two percent from last week yeah <laughs> no i wasn't <laughs> i was joking around with my wife because i i literally spent 40 hours because these things track it now i don't know what you got but yeah no, the new iphone, iPhone the new iphone it. update yeah. it tracks your screen time 40 fucking hours now to be fair my job requires me that i am on in front of a screen a lot of the times I don't just perform. I do other things. So I fucking, I'm always in front of a screen or uh-huh. I'm doing social media, promoting something or just making stupid videos. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I, I love it, but you're absolutely right. When, when you see the numbers, like 40 hours, that's a full-time fucking job. That's a full-time <laughs> job that I did not get paid for. You're right. I, mean, I might've got paid for some of that stuff that was going on there. But sure. How many of those hours were uh on the toilet watching instagram yeah instagram (laughs) facebook youtube facebook responding to a stupid meme yeah yeah i mean and and it's uh it's something that it's like i I would like i think we all would love the convenience of the outgoing you know when i need to reach something else when i need it I love the smartphone, right. but it creates this kind of thing where um, does anybody get to work at work and be at home at home? Yeah, you know, and it creates a a confusion in ourselves. It creates uh, a lack of an attention. You know, it's like I often wonder myself if, like, you know, I my first iPhone was the iPhone three G. I wonder if since then I developed ADHD. Like <laughs> I can see it. You, you know what's funny? It's funny. I just heard this the other day. I was okay. So a human, like humans now, our attention span is seven seconds. A goldfish has eight second attention span. So we are now as a society less. Uh, attentive than a fucking goldfish so that's congratulations that's uh, america you you're really killing it out there and that, you know that's something that i think that maybe um you will agree with me on this um when i get behind my drum kit it requires me 
to not be on that. Yeah. And for, so for 45 minutes to an hour at a time, every other weekend, maybe every weekend if I'm lucky, if it's a busy month, I get to put that thing which is so often you know there's so many things about it that you don't think about you 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 know let's say you get married oh cool i'm gonna share with everybody on my friends list all the pictures of us having a fun time how many of those people were hurt that they didn't get invited and you're just like hey cool check out how a great time we had without you yeah <laughs> you know never you never know and, to the party. and and so it's it's one of those things and we've all been there you know and as you go through different phases in your life you're you're 28 years old you know maybe you're you're not married yet and you're seeing all these people, you know, like, Oh, they're married. They're moving along in their life. I mean, you don't know if they're happily married, right? But that's what you see. That's all you see. So you see these happy. Is that really good for us? You know? And I think, Oh, it's nice that I know what so-and-so is up to. I'm like, maybe I don't really care. Like (laughs) maybe I only care because I know, you know, and maybe, maybe I should take that effort that I've spent being interested in that and put it into the person that's right here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I laugh at people like, and I'm going to sound like a real jerk <laughs> when I see like husbands, wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, Oh, I love you so much. Happy birthday. You like, I'm like, it is. I see the timestamp on that. That's seven 30. I know where you both work. <laughs> you were sitting at the same table eating right. breakfast together. Why? And, god's name did you post that on facebook why don't you look over at your girlfriend your wife give her a kiss on the forehead and say happy birthday i love you what (laughs) well you know they want all their friends to know that they're a caring loving husband or wife you know (laughs) they want all the people in their lives who are ever connected to them to know how wonderful they are to wish someone else to take time right. out of their day I, you know i don't think that it's all that level of malice when it's done that way i think it's something that has come out of habit i think it's something that there are some people that would say well if you don't do that that's how you show me. i mean some people really think that like you oh, need yeah. to say that publicly do you remember you need to stand on the mountaintops <laughs> and proclaim that you love me on my birthday. Do you remember MySpace and how you could have your <laughs> top friends? Yeah, of course. Oh my god, I dated a girl who, if I took her off my top friends, it, it was, was <laughs> it was, it, it was breaking into my house at two in the morning, high on cocaine and drunk off your ass, beating me with whatever blunt object you found. That's the kind of fucking crazy that that incites in some people. Yeah, because of status on fucking line, and that's crazy, but. Yeah, so it makes you, it just it makes you it makes you wonder about all those kinds of things. You know, it's super helpful, like um, for things like this. Mm-hmm. You know, Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, to be able to say, "Hey, come check out my band at the Dirty Bird on New Year's Eve. We're playing New Year's Eve eight to 11. Um <laughs> <laughs> It'll be super fun. It's always it's always really 
reasonable and not crazy there. Um, yeah, I, I love the Dairy so, Bird. Yeah, dude, I, a, I love that. I love yeah, that place cool. too. It's it's awesome. Um, it's, it's such a cool gig. To, it's a it's a cake gig for first of all because you're done by eleven. It's eleven. Home, it's the best. You're home, or you can go see. You have a whole night ahead of you still. Yeah, dude, I get to do. go see other people. And what's great is if I'm playing at the other places, I can go before mm-hmm. and see people playing yeah, at the Dirty just Bird. This like last, we did the other night. Weekend. Your shaker. Presence. Oh, did you like my sh- dude? It's 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 stuff. second to none, man. You you <laughs> you have a serious serious presence with that shaker, man. Oh, baby. But um, oh, yeah, man. It's I you know I just think that uh, it's it's as much as it, I don't know if it's a net good or bad, mm. but I know that it it's definitely taking some of the humanity out of our interactions um that's very true and it's because it's like and even if you want to like man if it's something worth fighting over let's get together and duke it out yeah i think that i think there's something to be said for um it's really hard if, if you're out somewhere and you get in an argument with somebody as bad as it may be it's hard in the heat of that to also feel lonely and become disgruntled. (laughs) But when you're on the other side of it in social media, you can start to feel it. And that's something that leads to people becoming seriously mentally in a bad place. Mm. Or, you know, maybe they're sitting and they have that anxiety that could have been cured by like your best buddy, just being like, dude, just chill out and a hand on the shoulder. Yeah. And you don't, you don't get that, you know, it's, so there are all these like things by being in person that are built into our brains and humanity and they're all gone, um, (laughs) when you're on the phone. And that's, that's, I think that can be dangerous and, and, you know, um, just, yeah, this is destructive. So let's end on a positive. Yeah, no, oh no. If we were supposed to end like 40 minutes ago, but like, I I love talking. No, I don't give a shit. (laughs) And that's, none of that's meant to be negative. It's, it's just food for thought, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's an encouragement. Go out there, you know, grab the person, the people near to you that you love, take them out for dinner. Yeah. Don't chat them up on Facebook. (laughs) Say, Hey man. Hit them up on Facebook and ask them if they want to go out. It's like, come dinner. meet me somewhere so we can really connect. We can just hang out and put your phones face down and yeah. and uh, enjoy each other's company. So um, I, I've been asking this at the end of the show. Oh, lately. yeah. You did say that about 40 minutes ago. No. Well, it's okay. <laughs> whatever. But I asked this, I've been asking the same question. So I'm going to ask you. Is like, when do you feel most loved? Oh. That's a good one too. Yeah. I, I, I love, love it. that question because Dana Carvey asked Seinfeld that on his show, getting coffee with cars with comedians, comes whatever. Uh, carpool at, karaoke, yeah, <laughs> something. Um. But but he asked Jerry Seinfeld that, and it stumped Jerry Seinfeld, and because he's like, I've never been asked that before. And so I, I thought that was a, um, I, I thought it's a beautiful question, and also it's it's one of those questions that I don't think people ask. That. Yeah, no, I think I th- I think it's. If Jerry think, Seinfeld hasn't been, I think asked people that would be then. afraid to ask it because they might be afraid to answer it for themselves. Um, to be yeah. truthful, no, um, no, and and I've ran across people who are just like, I, uh, I don't know, um, like where they're just, uh, like I'm just like, do you not get love anywhere? And then, but there are people out there who feel isolated I th- and feel like they. I can't think get love. I uh, honestly, I think I feel the most loved 
and I can say this because it includes includes my family so frequently um, on stage um, while I'm performing because um, I'm pretty I'm pretty reserved, um, you know, about like sharing my emotions uh, and 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 really like letting kind of open myself up to be vulnerable. And I think that I'm able to do that behind the drum kit. And I think people respond to that. So I, I think it's a response to the fact that I'm able to kind of send some love yeah. out uh, and more powerfully, more comfortably there. So it comes back to me there, you know, and hopefully I can figure out ways to do that in other venues and, and then maybe, Maybe one day I can say everywhere, yeah. um, but but right now that's the one you know because that's the reason that like man at the end of the week it's Friday I've worked you know I, my awesome day job I'm teaching lessons and I'm tired and I'm everything and I I crawl you know just drag myself on stage and sit down behind the kit and then as soon as the first downbeat hits I'm alive yeah and. And then when I'm done, I'm done. You know, it's like, ugh, go home, pass out. Yeah. Like, wow, I wish I could do that. I, I, lately, I've been just fucking not able to sleep after gigs. And just because of adrenaline, even if it was like a dead night and you're playing to a dead room, which is exhausting in its own, I'll still get the fuck off stage and be like, fuck. And I'll just be. I'll screaming. tell you what, I can offer you some assistance with that. Is it Taco Bell? Help Drew tear down his drum kit and load it up every time. <laughs> that'll that'll fix it. it. Adds an extra like 30 minutes to the process. And you're like, okay, I do, I'm done I do with help this. Drew. I don't, I don't tear down his kit because I know he's very specific. No, no, well, no. Most and drummers are very specific we, how you pack Well, because we, we have an order because right. otherwise we'd have to drive it conversion van right. if we don't have it packed and i say that jokingly my bandmates always help they're always great um but that just that process of doing that yeah that it tires you out so I, it helps I can imagine you. i i just it's for i don't know for whatever reason i've been just going to bed at five and then my son wakes up at eight and then my like my day is destroyed <laughs> and then i might have it. another gig that night and i just go wandering through the wandering through the weekend but even yeah. even when you're you know that second night man you're a zombie all day yeah. long you go there downbeat hits and you're alive and then i'm awake till five It'll in the morning, morning again right <laughs> and it just doesn't stop well justin thank you so much for chatting it up it no man great conversation i could go all awesome night, but my wife is calling me at 12 15 and i'm wondering why yeah and it's probably because i'm not home. because you're not home <laughs> that's probably it but, okay thank but, you very yeah, much justin been a pleasure um where, hope all you listeners enjoy what is the new fashion when's the new fashion playing next this will come out next wednesday so. um we're at uh here let me look really quick just to be sure in new fashion uh and do you play with any other groups right now or are you just um, new fashion right now i i occasionally play with uh a group called kids with knives ashley and shannon kelly are in that lovely positive man if you just need to like feel happy Let's go talk to Ashley Kelly about anything. I mean, just just be like, hey, "What's your favorite kind of you know pizza?" And she'll and, and she'll make you feel like a million dollars. She's wonderful. Um, I play with them sometimes. Sometimes I play with a group called the Cap Guns. It's phenomenal. Uh, it's two members of the New Fashion, and then and this other guitar player, Justin Marchand, who just go see him. Um, he's he's incredible. Um, but that that's about it, really. Um, heading into next year, kind of made a decision to 
scale back on a lot of things and just really dig into the new fashion and hopefully we really want to dig in and make some of our own music this year um and and take some of that time where all of us would be gigging with these different bands and devote it to some creativity yeah um you know before we're old and gray and everything uh it looks like for the rest of the month here um december 22nd we're at the village idiot December 29th, the following Saturday, we are at the Beer Stube. Um, and then, as I shamelessly snuck in earlier, on New Year's Eve, we are at Ye Old Dirty Bird for the third year in a row. They're so kind to us. Um, and so that's a super fun gig, and it's early. So even all of you old people, you could leave our gig and be home half an hour before the ball drops yeah um, get in bed and be asleep by be the time all the comes. bad drivers home and every <laughs> well at least that's not a big problem with uber so. yeah exactly uber 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 is home lift here is lift li- they started last year on new year's eve oh. it was like half off for lift uh on new year's eve which is like what a great idea yeah fucking um, a, man. so that's where we are sweet thanks Justin, again to thank mike you. it was a blast <laughs> all right man thank you Thank you, Justin. I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, thank you for inviting me into your house and you know letting me talk to you at like twelve in the in the morning. Um, that's always a pleasure when people do that. When people invite me into their home or or even just meet up with me in general. This is a weird kind of business. This podcasting. It's so uh, you know guerrilla oriented. You know you're just sort of like on the ground running and and well the way I'm doing it, I suppose I'm just like out there shoving mics in people's faces and you know i know there's i know there's a perfect more there is a more professional way to approach this but that's just not who i am uh go ahead and check out the new fashioned i'll put their website in the show notes um i'll put ways to contact justin in the show notes um and uh, thanks for tuning in again. And again, those subscribers who subscribed on my website, I'm sorry I never responded to that. You probably don't even remember subscribing. That's okay. I'll remind you with a newsletter one day. <laughs> Check out the Barren Wasteland, which is soon to not be the Barren Wasteland. That is the WeSpeakEnglishGood.net. You can also follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash we speak english good and also subsequent subsequently 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 <laughs> on instagram at we speak english good basically my we speak english good facebook and instagram is the same thing <clears throat> it's just that i can post more links onto the facebook so there'll be more links of stuff on my facebook we speak english good rather than the Instagram, but they're tied together and anything I post on Instagram goes on my Facebook and you needed to know that. Again, we are rebuilding the website, so be patient if you are navigating there and it's just taking you to empty pages and stuff. We are working on it. It's a slow process, especially for this family. (laughs) We, We move at our own our own speed here. 
um yeah that's it guys i appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, it just it always blows my mind that more people are tuning in every week so thank you very much thank you justin and we will be back next week with david james jr and he is a wonderful keyboard player he is one of the gospel kids that i keep talking about that i played with back in the day uh my my few uh, my very limited experience playing gospel music uh, with with very very talented young uh young men so uh and young women I can't leave out the women because the women are throwing down too. So, I'm not. Mm. Anyways, uh, that was weird. <laughs> I think it was just because I always appreciate a woman who can shred harder than me. Yeah, I think that's awesome. My wife is one of those people. Um, so, uh, anyways, let's go. We're leaving. Okay, take care of your fellow human beings. HJs for everybody. Bye. Bye.